Welcome to another edition of the Adam Dunn Show. I am your host, Adam Dunn. I'm your co-host, Mitch Chinasa. And we got the kid on the, on Yo, the wheels of the ones plastic. The On the wheels of plastic. Somewhere around here, we got Mr. Nick Voorhees. Nick Voorhees is out back spray painting some stuff. Yeah, he'll he's, come, he's tagging come, up. He's tagging up the whole world. Uh, right Jeremy Silva's out there in the ether. Um, the cyber world. A lot of big stuff happening in the world this week. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. you know what? This may be my last show with a beard. Wait, 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 wait. Whoa. What? To cut your beard off? This, this has been. You see, if you were on the show, every, actually, listen. No, I've been on the show. Every the chat room week almost. The chat room chat almost. Chat room thinks I already don't have a beard. They're like, "What? He has a beard? Wait, why? You What's he still off? doing with the beard? What's the beard doing there? Because I'm letting Nick cut it off. Oh, Maybe. that's cool. What if he doesn't want? It? What if he does? Are you going to leave does. it? However, he does it. No, I'm going to have CC help him make it nice. No. But it'll just be your oh, okay. clean shaven now. Oh yeah. Huh? I've never seen. Last time he did it, I was out of town for like the whole week. I will have. And then within a week, it's back. It doesn't last. It looks exactly the same after a week. It's pretty crazy. No. It grows that quick, though. It's pretty no, crazy, but I yeah. may, I may even keep it for just like a week or so, baby. Because the thing is, I scare people, and I can walk up on anybody, and they don't know it's. Everyone's talking shit about Adam when he walks on. I love it. Fucking airport with having your balls. Touched, so. <laughs> <laughs> I might actually get through an airport. I have one for once in my life. Just save it for chalice, and you'll be fine. Yeah, so yeah, <laughs> enjoy it, people. <laughs> so uh, everything on Attitude Seed Bank is fifteen uh, percent off right I now. Notice, man. <laughs> England is just fucking dropping off the face of the earth right now. Yep, they're so screwed, and it's funny. You see, like all this stuff, they're like doing all these interviews and people were like well if you knew uh yesterday what you know now what would you differently and they're like i definitely would not have voted for this it's really sinking in now what we did it's, it's like crazy an asshole. it's like they just voted for trump or something that's exactly what i was going to say dude that's how americans will all unanimously feel the day after we elect president trump yeah so you take that as a fucking lesson people uh, didn't you say somebody tried to kill Trump already? Somebody tried. That to was like a week him? ago. Yeah, yeah some yeah, English, English guy. guy. It's all about England these days. These fucking they turn any more Trump. Well, he's like anti-Trump, so I guess they're not totally talking Trump. But but that was a good. And he's there. He's in Scotland. He's not there anymore. He's got he's big, Scotland. No, Scott Reach is in Scotland. Oh my God! You think he's hanging out with Trump? I that think could be the whole connection. That's the connection. You think Trump financed his uh, the grow? The grow. They had him a small loan. That could be it. We just need to get Dennis Rodman over there. He's a good. He's a he good does ambassador. rare Trump. Yeah. Is it rare Trumpness? Rare, Rare Trump. Trump. <laughs> He's gonna. Hey, Someone needs to meme. I got the best. I got the best. The mostest bestest. They need to put a, a Trump hairdo on Earl. And I saw this. That did you see the eight-year-old kid? Oh no, was, was he eight? Was really young? No, maybe twelve. Twelve-year-old kid who's uh who does all the uh, impersonations. No. And he was junior. He's baby Trump. They have the, you know that one Saturday Night Live guy that does Trump real good. Yeah. yeah. So it's him, and then he brings out this twelve-year-old kid, and then they crank call. Uh, Hillary and they crank call Bernie and he does all three of them and he does them fucking good dude I was like this huh. kid is on good? point he's actually the best he was better at the, the, everything than the Trump I think <laughs> the Trump. did you see the meme that posted last week and it wasn't even really a meme it just made itself but that picture with uh, one of the Olsen twins and Hillary Clinton that was their, actually photoshopped their, their donuts yeah with the donuts yeah, that, was that, that was photoshopped that was total photoshop that came from so, photoshop right? are you sure yes Kyle was in the thread in photoshop battles on reddit that it came so from so that, that, that was photoshopped yeah but then I put that shit out hard fucking funny Super funny. Yeah. 
Are we doing? Right. Do, we, do we have some uh, some fresh some fresh news? Here's the thing. I got. I don't think so. Yeah, I, I don't want. Th- I don't want to throw KTI under the bus quite yet. I'm gonna double check, make sure I'm refreshing my inbox. Nope, we don't. And we got Jeremy in eight minutes. So uh, let's chat for the next eight minutes, and then do sh- let's chat for four minutes, then do shout outs, so we can bring Jeremy in fresh. How's that sound? What does that sound? It's like uh, the oh, fridge or the ice conditioner, maker, air conditioner. You can turn it off if you. If it's, it only goes on for a second, it'll be off. Yeah, I mean, they can just just keep talking. And just keep talking, and nobody will notice. Yeah, I can hear it driving me fucking crazy. Uh, so yeah, we got Jeremy in a few minutes. Man, so high gallery opening tonight. Crazy. I hear it's gonna be a big one too. Dude, there are people camped out yeah. outside the gallery. Not yeah. even a fucking like joke at all. No. Like I always joke. Like last time I joked about it because there was a homeless guy chilling out front. Two months later, there's literally a line of people, people camped camp out. That's awesome. We got a great glass artist this month, though. You know, it's going to be, it should be pretty simple. Sorry, I'm trying to pull up our, our show on live stream. Pull up, pull up, pull up. What time, uh, so what time are you guys expecting to get everything kicked off? Anybody in Denver that's listening, where where can they go to? When can they stop 2209 by? Welton Street is the address for Sohai Gallery, and we will be kicking off. Doors are going to be around 7, 7.30-ish, yeah, but the real deal is going to kick off by 8, 8.30, yeah. 9 o'clock And we are, uh, yeah, we're having, we're having a classic, classic so high sort of situation, so we have to get building inspectors out of the building before we can set the show up and then set the show up. Like, literally, this is like the, you know, how we do it. It wouldn't be it? a done deal if it wasn't. It would not be a done deal if it was like the pressure wasn't on yeah. so bad. We work best under pressure. It's okay. Did, but, you, see, uh, did you see the awesome uh, resume I got, of cover letter? I still didn't get to see you either, but now, just, just real quick. I'd like to just read, to read the beginning to you. Go ahead, read it, read it out. out. Hello, I'm a master grower and cannabis expert. I have decades of cannabis oh, breeding experience, farming, and college course study in horticulture. However, I'm sending this email on my resume that demonstrate my sales skills. I do not like to be intoxicated at all when I'm, period. I know, and what is that? I didn't get it. <laughs> I, mean, I guess he was going to come back and fill that in, but or maybe it's like, you know, equal to zero. Like, I do not like to be intoxicated at all. There's no time when I don't like to be. Time. I don't. I don't know, but I'm not hiring the guy. Guys, if you're, uh, if you, if this happens to be a listener of ours, homie, step up the cover letter game because yeah. that ain't gonna really get you work in the yeah, industry. No, sound all that great. I mean, anything with a badge isn't gonna get you working in this position right now, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, what else we got here? Um, everyone wants to talk about. Everybody wants to talk about Gavita Miracle Grow. Oh my God, dude! Did you did you go read the whole thread? I, I saw the thread. I don't. I'm trying not to pay attention to the thread. I'm trying to get the. Can you get Jair on the phone? Um, possibly. Yeah. What possibly. happened? Now he confirmed that there is definitely a joint venture of some sort going on, yeah, right? The prob- okay. So what I read on the thread was it was oh, wait, the Hawthorne Group or whatever it is, right? Hawthorne is Hawthorne the, Group. Yeah. yeah. And aren't they the? They're now basically all we have to do is get the sort of like the, the blown up map of the companies and understand which companies own which Owns and how region, really yeah, yeah. because the re- the whole point is. And I've heard this from a bunch of different people in the industry. Is like they're like, no, no. It's the same thing with GH. It's like, okay, they're also owned by Scotts. So if that's the case, and that's where I kind of have, you know, I've, I actually, you know, I put it out there myself. Horty Chris got all mad at me. Like, you don't understand. This is not the same. It's all different. And I'm like, well, in my opinion, it's all the fucking same because it's. Oh it's, wait, Horty Chris got mad at you because now Horty Chris is the one going out there being like, oh, Gavita sold out to the devil. Right. Well, he was mad at me when I when, well, when yeah, you. He, he, when I when I said uh, GH was because he was asking about what do you think about this product and I was like well bye bye GH Monsanto lovers you know what I mean because fuck right. I I have that feeling too I can't sure. help it it's part of our industry stuff but you know the owners of GH I've met them they're cool guys they smoke weed they're you know and their whole deal was well these guys smoke weed too they're cool and I'm like that's to a point but if your paycheck comes from the fucking 
can't send, you know, round up, then you're pretty much out of my... It, it, it makes it really hard for me to fucking justify. You're literally getting paid in dead brown kids. That's right? Like that's, and that's that's what you get paid in. Dead brown kids? Yeah, yeah, they don't kill... Dead kids? No, because they don't... They don't well, Monsanto doesn't really kill white kids. It's brown kids. It's either, like, you know, low-income areas of the U.S. brown... Never mind. I'm just saying it's more racist people, than anything I've said. No, I self-identify as brown. I don't feel like that's racist. You're it's like you brown, say white. Dude. You're fucking barely Persian. I'm olive, technically. That's when I had to fill out my thing at New York City when I had to get you fingerprinted. Dude, first of all, it's the most fucking racist thing I've ever seen because there's there's race and then there's skin tone. Oh shit! <laughs> and it's like. <laughs> Oh, Re- like really it's super racist. <laughs> like yellowish white was on oh there. Like God. you can't say yellowish, oh ruddy God. complexion. Like it was really yeah, racist. People with liver disease filling out the yellowish aspect of it, I guess. Mm-hmm. But, um, but, uh, but I just want to wait, wait, wait. Hold on. I want to make it clear. We are definitely not mocking your comment, Mr. Joe Bangles. We're we're definitely like in support of this being an issue. I'm actually pulling up a press release right now. <coughs> Oh, okay. yeah, no, we definitely think this is So here's the deal. In 2014, Scott's Miracle Grow announced the formation of Hawthorne Gardening Company. So I'm going to read this little background. Okay. So Scott owns Hawthorne. Scott's Miracle Grow Company, the world's leading marketer of branded consumer lawn and garden products, announced today the formation of the Hawthorne Gardening Company, a wholly owned subsidiary. Right and back. this was in 2014 this happened. A wholly owned subsidiary focused primarily on the emerging areas of indoor and urban gardening products. Based in New York. So about 2014... Uh, Scott's Miracle Grow people, and I'm going to pull up the connection between Scott's and Monsanto in a second here. But they decided they were going to get in the indoor gardening market. Obviously, jump on the the old bandwagon here. Duh, duh. Why not? They they only know how to grow grass and stuff. So okay. Why not? So actually, I don't even need to, to uh, look for the connection of Monsanto. Here's where it goes. Okay. So the company's brands. This is about Scott's Miracle Grow. It's right off their own press release that I was reading from before. Okay. The company's brands are the most recognized in the industry. In the U.S., the company's Scott's, Miracle Grow, and Ortho brands are market leading in their categories, as the consumer Roundup brand, which is marketed in North America and most of Europe exclusively by Scott's and owned by Monsanto. So I'm not positive that Monsanto owns Scott's. They definitely clearly do right. business together. Like, it's obvious Scott's owns Hawthorne. That's clear, right? right? But doesn't Monsanto. Monsanto owns these products that Scott's markets. But let's see. It's it's kind of like it, it goes back almost into like the cigarette business. Like so, all, all these cigarette companies. So we they did the, we did this one fields. we did this one before, and I'll. Uh, so it says Scotts is Monsanto's exclusive agent for the marketing and distribution of some products, and then if I go back to this, uh, I've, I've read this press release on before from Monsanto's site uh, in 2015. So basically, Scott signed this deal in 2014. Okay. 2015, Monsanto Company. Well, they didn't sign the, the, the deal right now with Gavita is new. Don't don't get right, that mistaken. The but they started, deal. they decided they were going to do indoor gardening 2014. Prior to that, since 1999, they've been the exclusive agent for Monsanto's Roundup products. So they've sold them and marketed them for them. Monsanto right. made the chemicals and Scott sold and it Scott and marketed sold it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And now... In 2015, here's the press release that Monsanto and Scotts have extended their nearly two-decade-long partnership. So they're working a close partnership. I'm not positive that Monsanto has an ownership stake in Scotts at all. Well, I don't know, man. Monsanto's so huge that why I feel like it'd be foolish for them to pick one company and not try to have ownership 
percentage in them selling that product. So, I mean, uh, Scotts is such a big name that you're right. It may not be owned by Monsanto, but they are definitely in bed together and they're definitely, you know, uh, teaming up to whether they're trying to get into the agricultural cannabis or. Well, I I guess where where I want to see a little. Oh, well, now, and here's the investor sheet for uh, investor relationship for Scotts Miracle Grow. So there can't really be lies on here like they have to disclose everything right. as far as the ownership um yeah i mean they, they're definitely bumping their connection with monsanto their partnership as why they're valuable but it it doesn't show monsanto actually owning it now that said i'm looking at the board of directors whether any of these guys are also on the board on monsanto i don't know i that would take a, a little I mean, bit from and honestly if they're teaming up for grass and all that shit i don't care but it, don't bring those grass? two entities so here, here's what we figured out all right while you were while you were getting Voorhees sorted i'll get ads pulled up while you guys are cool so okay so in definitely 2014 scott started the hawthorne group or since 1999 Monsanto and Scotts have had a partnership where Monsanto makes Roundup and Scotts sells it. Okay, and then 2014, Scotts starts the Hawthorne Group to As go a subdivision to do, do indoor can, gardening, mostly indoor gardening. Didn't say cannabis. Before, no, so. they say indoor gardening. Yep. 2015, Monsanto renews. How many companies they buy up? I'm not even looking at that yet. Okay. 2015, Monsanto renews the contract with Scotts as a partner, but I don't think Monsanto actually owns Scotts. I think that's where. Things are a little twisted here. Monsanto no, and Scott definitely do I would, this together. I think that we need to you know what we need to do. What's this? We need to talk to our boy. Which one? And what's his name? <laughs> Danush. Oh, Dinesh. Dinesh, yeah, yeah. and say, you know what? This is research your job. this. This is your job. Yeah, I got. I can get a different get one a name of all the people on the boards, and then cross reference yeah, yeah. them and see who how many people. Big, I can. I'll get her someone who's where, actually that's confident. Where that's where it's not going to be in the. In the cool department where they're actually doing this stuff, it's going to be in the upper management where it's yeah, going to yeah. be like, oh, wait a minute. So you just flipped over from And that's to the there. question is, are the board members, do they have overlapping board members? And they'll be rotating. They'll probably be like the whole rotating. Uh, just like the FDA. Yeah, yeah they yeah, even yeah, bring this guy in. And, and then, then all of a sudden he's up here yep. and is a consulting for this one. So that's what I would be concerned more No, on. for sure. And, and I mean, look, either way, whether it's Monsanto or not, Scott's is not good guys. No, we don't want Scott's. The, fuck the lawn Scott's? and grass industry is like propagating this idea that plants are for decor and not food and there are people starting like we don't necessarily support fucking miracle no, grow no and you see their latest stuff they're trying to really make it look like weed related stuff and yeah it's like god these guys so fuck those guys so where we're at is maybe it's not monsanto but that doesn't mean it's not a concern now wh- thoughts though on the other side because we are an industry show like if fucking i don't know there's not really an equivalent in in oh, american apparel they're kind of assholes right Definitely. All right, so what if they want to do hoodlum? Fuck that. Like a $2 million contract. <laughs> oh, Doug, just, Doug would take that in a heartbeat. Right? They just got to make that, They that just would, put the logo on that it. Would be the, that's a classic example of a company like mine where yeah. me and Doug never agree <laughs> on those little things, and he would definitely sell out. And you know what I mean? So it, it can always be that within a company, too. It's not always one person. with us. You guys would never take a goddamn advertisement. Oh, well, as we've McDonald's, said, if McDonald's wanted to advertise You would us, love it. You'd be like, I get free big Wait, wait, can you pay us in food? Yeah, it's money. I mean, like, that you guys stand strongly against anti-fast food and anti-that stuff. Me, on the other hand, I really don't care. And if they're going to give us money, I'll take it. Sure. You, you sure. You know, be, we, we would look like a terrible NASCAR ad right now. This, we'd be like, okay. Wendy's and Burger King. Yeah, while well, we're all sitting here. 
sitting in the nicest clothes and having the nicest But so fat, like all fat and all sweaty. Fat. You know, nice to eat it? I used to, when I worked for Preston and Steve, man, they had McDonald's as one of their biggest sponsors and they would get McDonald's coffee every day along with a mm. shit ton of money. But they never drank it. They had Starbucks. They never drank the fucking McDonald's. So what, they just give you like a, a McDonald's, they stop by the drive-thru and they give you a to-go bag full day. of cash yep. and then a coffee. No, no every, way. Every day I had to stop by the drive-thru and pick up our cash and cash coffee. For, not cash, just the coffee. <laughs> all right. But every once a month. Because if there's a cash and coffee deal, I will reconsider no, this. I'm middle of the road on this one. Coffee, Once though. a month, okay. they got a cash check from from McDonald's headquarters for a significant amount of money. How much? Tell you can tell us now. Doesn't matter. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not exactly give about, sure ballpark. about what their average. Ballpark. Is, but every check that I saw once a month was at least twenty grand. What? Okay, that's a lot more than we're getting. Oh man! So all right, McDonald's grand. sponsored by McDonald's. There you yeah. go. <laughs> the Adam Glenn Show. <laughs> we're loving so, it. But the point yeah. is, at some point, is it like? Yeah, you know what? If I wanted to fucking just grow pot, I'd just grow pot. But I started a business to make money, and and let me do that. Uh, yeah, it is. I mean, for some people, and it well, is and a- I want to go back to Gavito because I want to talk to Jay about it. I want to get his take on it. We will. All right. What? No, this is good. This is big important stuff right now. Yeah, we don't to, no, don't our don't. Sponsors are big important stuff. So that's true, but this is like it all ties together, man. Yeah. This yeah. is the value that we provide. We're trying to. We're trying to. All right, we'll do it. We'll do the sponsors real quick, and then we'll talk about it until Jeremy calls. How about right, that? You start. I'm going to. Okay. Start. Big big shout out to our buddies at Way to Grow, uh, Colorado's number one resource for all your home gardening equipment. Perfect uh, time of year right now, pest prevention. That's what they got going. The early and often pest prevention sale, 30% off. That's everything from your predatory insects to your uh, Colorado state-approved sprays. Saw a new one today for aphids. I had never even seen that chemical name on a bottle before, but apparently it's on the approved list. Uh, we'll see if it works. Um, what, are you, what are you glaring at his terps I'm like that for? I'm just watching the terp sauce from Nectar's Collective. He dripped onto that nail right there. That dirty, hot nail. Yeah. Dirty. Dirty fucking twelve hundred degree nail. It's not. I only kept barely. I'm joking. Barely. All right, on sale at Way to Grow. Like I said, uh, the early and often press prevention sale. You can find out more about that at WayToGrow.net. Also, find out all their locations and check out some of their great resources uh, in the Grow Info section. Don't of forget, of course, Adam Dunshow at the when you check out. Say Adam Dunshow. Do you know what I heard? They stopped giving candy? No, okay. but this is what I heard. And maybe okay. this isn't true. What? I heard that if you say Adam Dunn show at like our favorite location, yeah. you get you get hooked up. I heard if you go down to IROC store in Colorado Springs, I don't even know if it's approved or they just went rogue. Maybe no one looks at oh, them. they went rogue. But apparently you get hooked the fuck up if oh, you really? use the code down there. Yeah. I probably shouldn't say that, but. That's good. Nope. Go use it in Colorado Springs. Big, big shout out to Incredibles Edibles. Uh, I love Incredibles.com. And they are back with the firecracker bar. It looks like they the other day. they did cancel uh, some of those uh, potential flavors that they might have been putting out, but it turns oh, yeah. out that those were all mixed. Oh, okay. But uh, luckily, they did put out the firecracker bar. Awesome. Oh, every year. That's so you had one. one the other day, bud? Oh, I love them, dude. Yeah. I bet you do. That's like I best like of both the, worlds. I, I like their white chocolate bars, and you know the the firecracker almost tastes like a confetti tastes like a firecracker cake. confetti cake. Yeah, like oh, yeah. You know what I mean, like confetti cake. Uh-huh. With the, well, that's, that's very ironic. I really dig it. That's it ironic that it's, it's very celebratory. <laughs> celebratory got I'm confetti and, and fireworks. Fan. But as you can see, Incredibles extracts, Incredibles gummies, Incredibles turp pens, chocolates, all the the pens are killer. Well, the pens killer. Great. I mean, proper flavor. They don't burn out real quick. You know, it's not like uh, some of the pens you buy them and then a couple hits later, you're like, what the, this is done? The first hit was good. There's some out there, man, where you take that first hit and you're like, all right, let me take another one. Maybe I'll get into this. And you're like... What what happened? Did Not I just break properly. it? Not mixed properly. You get a huge batch of turps, so you get some really shitty burnt oil inside. Yeah, no, I, I agree. The Incredibles pens are, are where it's at. So visit them at Incredibles. 
Colorado. Nope, I love Incredibles. I love Incredibles. They're both taken to the same place. Yep. Uh, I love Incredibles.com. And go to dhco.co. What's going on now? Do D-H-C-O? it. dhco.co. Oh, the new. Yep. Oh, you have a new new website. I'm working on it, but it's it's dark, enough to show dark off now. Horse. Still some Colorado. tweaks on the style to do. Yeah. But uh, it's not working. No, yeah. no, no, it works. Oh, cool. Big shout out. Got a mission and everything. Dark horse, dark horse concentrates. Dark horse genetics. We got new drops, new flavors coming out. Taglines. It's all me, man. Good job. Good job. Come on, who the fuck do you think did it? Really? I don't know. Who does all the websites? Writes all the stuff for everyone that we know is. All of us. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, you for being uh, able to read and write. I yes. Someone's got to be literate around here. <sighs> Thank God. So looking good. I like it. Yeah. It's a stylish show. Got a stylish AU, we got extracted on. Not there. quite working yet, but coming by the end of next week. There's All your be accolades are up there. Look at that. Live drop map is going to be up there. Uh, where automatically, whenever a shop places an order with us, they'll be added to the live drop map. You'll be able to see what they ordered and their contact info, so you can give them a call, see if they got you're what gonna, you. You're going to be getting a call from Maggie's Farm too, by the way. Cool. About am I in trouble or they're no, interested? Added, they're interested in yeah, and that's the that's the map. Drops. It doesn't work quite yet. Actually, go will. go to DHC. Go to just change that end thing there to uh, what the hell is it? Slash scripts. So dhco.wpengine.com slash scripts. But he's gonna get in here and change everything. Yep, everyone's gonna change all the passwords. Don't let Chris. Shout out to Dinesh. Uh, oh, typed see, it wrong. That's because somebody got in there already, right before you. Definitely right, but it's okay. It's okay. We'll figure it out Check later. Check back. It looks great for now. Yeah, we're getting there. Everyone loves a 404. Yep. Who doesn't? <laughs> of course, big, big shout out to Build the Soil. We got oh. Jeremy waiting in the wings. I was just chatting with him on Skype. Nice. Good, tell him uh, and give us a shout. Yep. Well, we're going right to do this, talk about Monsanto a little more, bring Jeremy in. We'll get his opinions on Monsanto. Then we'll go in for the kill on I'm soil pretty sure testing. I'm pretty sure he doesn't like Monsanto. No. <laughs> but I'm, I want to get his opinion on this. Like, what what, like, what would be the like price it. tag for Scott's to come and say, hey, we want to buy Build the Soil? E, I don't we'll think find out. I don't, I don't think, think he ever he's would. That kinda, he's that kind of... Nope. He'd be like, fuck you. I got my own worms. That's right. I can make my own food. I don't need your money. Round up. Round up my worms. Yeah, round up this <laughs> dick. That's Build the Soil. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and you're going to get to hear Jeremy this whole show. So well, I'll tell you what. He just got his uh, Malibu Biodynamic Compost tested. I think he was inspired potentially by some of the weird tests we've seen on organic products recently. Uh-huh. So he went and got the Malibu compost tested. Clean. As clean as a fucking whistle. Nice. So he's going to be talking about that, talking about what you should be looking for, why it's important, things of that nature. Uh, so we'll have Jeremy on here in a little bit. And, of course, big, big shout-out to Do It Kid. Big big shout out to Growstone. KTI didn't make it up here, so we don't have bottles to clink, but that's what they're made of. hundred percent recycled glass, uh, post consumer product. They are precision engineered for growing plants. Uh, unlike Paralyte, which just kinda seemed to work. Um, I don't know, Adam, you, you rocking those Growstones? I know we're rocking them over at Dark Horse. Definitely loving the Growstones. You loving them? Uh huh. Which ones do you now? I, I got the big ones. So those, so there's like Cause I, a few I, different grades. I the, big the big ones, ones are for the bottom bottom. Yeah. For bottom, drainage. Yep. And then the regular ones are for replace your perlite. And it's, uh, and I got the mixed ones with the, with the cocoa, of course. And those were kind of like sure. medium size, I believe. Yeah. That's, that's good for the, yeah. But I use that as a blend and I just blend it in with my other stuff. And I, I just, like, I like the big ones cause I used to put like river rock at the bottom of my yeah. pots. River yeah. rock? You know, really? Not the river rock. No, you, river stones, stones. stones. Yeah. Um, at the bottom for my drainage. But these, these are, you know, really, really nice since it's, it's, the river rock would have that weird, awkward shape of each stone. I sure. really like the uniformity of this stuff. So, and I use the Natnix too. 
If Does that stuff work well? You know, as long as you're as long as you water it light. If you uh-huh. if you have drip lines, yeah, it works great because sure. you're not worrying about watering it too hard. The second that you water it and it gets mixed in, though, sure, it doesn't really work like the diatomaceous earth it, where they still climb through the grass shards. It has to be a nice top dress. Uh, but when it does, you'll you see it. I mean, you'll go into your garden the next day and you'll see a bunch of dead gnats on the top of your net next. That's what we like to see. Pick out, yeah. So I like it too. So check them out. Growstone. Uh, dot com. Big big shout out to Hydroponic Research, makers Veg of Veg and Bloom. That's Veg da- or Hydroponic Research dot com. Pardon me. Makers of the Veg and Bloom base nutrient, the Plus Life Plant Probiotic, the Push Foliar Stimulant, and the Shine Bloom Additive. That shines the new one in the mix. There. Let's find out more about it. So it uh, it's their boost, their Bloom Booster. Obviously, it stimulates the reproductive ghost, and uh, it really adds to your swell and your resin. Uh, and it really gives you what you need to flourish. Uh, that's really where you're going to stack on your weight right. in bloom. Uh, and you go right to the site there, whether you say you're from Oregon or not. And then also it breaks down into, you got to remember with their products, it's, um, well, your water quality is really important because yeah, they, they have different water quality. Different mixes, and they will you The dirtiest for soil, but they also have like soft and hard exactly. formulas and things like that. So you got to check your water first, um, match it all up. And, uh, and they have lock it different in. media types as well. So they have a, a high exactly. mix, a soil mix, a cocoa mix. Right. And that's the only com- so that's the most complicated part. Exactly. Once you pick what you want, yeah. and you pick the what right you one. need, you pick the right one. Yeah. Piece and of cake. Local, plug you can and play. Send them a water sample too, can't you? And they'll test your water for you too. So you, you have to can do definitely you contact can get a water them. sample too. And maybe just send them the results. And yeah, yeah, you can get a local right. water sample taken. Right. You never send it to them. But yeah, they'll work with water samples and even custom blend a formula if they need to. Um, check them out hydroponic-research.com we sure like them a lot I love it easiest keep it simple that's anything where keep it simple is the slogan whenever you're dealing with stoners you want to keep it simple that's how you make sure it goes pretty all right. pretty all right. yes and of course seeds here now 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 I think he's in Alaska now or something in Alaska he's sponsoring the new the next Indo Expo which I believe is out in California somewhere he's got a sponsorship on that and then the next one's also in Alaska are we going there are we speaking I am scheduled if you want to come up with me of course I love the speaking engagements he loves coming up too well is there any come ups involved have you ever been to Alaska have you been there no, I've never been to Alaska. Right. So I like the idea of going to places. Because like, when you guys start going to the same old places. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't want to get to San Bernardino. I'd be like, I think you can handle this yeah, one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Come on. I mean, yeah, I mean we got a breeding thing. I got the whole <laughs> same as always. I got my, my thing to do. And then we got a breeding panel. So it would be perfect. I think we should. Okay. We'll do it. When is it? Uh, August. Okay. Fuck it. Maybe we'll be there. Well, yeah. before August, though, you can get a whole bunch of good jobs. Oh, you can buy seeds right now. Shit. You could buy them now and grow them out by August. Yeah, you can get them. Here, because seeds now, and that's how fast it is. You could buy them now and finish them by August. Yep. By the end of August, ready for the ready for the show. Come yeah, bring it to us in Alaska. So many different genetics companies. They have those Graham about Dark twenty Wars, right now. Yeah, uh, Imperial Genetics, Mosca, Top Dog, Swamp Boys, Archive, Crockett, Exotic, La Plata, Mota, TH Seeds, uh, DJ Short, Gas, Loud Seeds, Doctor Blaze, Box, Sunny Chiba. If you miss ga- if you mix Gas and Loud, it's Gout. That's Gout. <laughs> It's true. Goud. Um, yeah, so, you know, check them out. They have all different types. Looks like they have some new Top Dog releases in there. Um, so check them out. And new Sunny and new Sunny Chiba drop. Dot com. And you can also you can be a retailer, too. So You could. Hey, you guys. Hey, you guys. I think this is our 100th episode on live stream. 100th? I think it's our 100th episode on live stream. Yeah. Hey. It's either 99th or 100th, but that's still pretty fucking cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So back to this Monsanto thing. Yes. Yeah. I mean, if it's Scott's, not my, is, is this transitive property 
go through. It's like, all right, maybe it's not Monsanto, but it's guys who do business with Monsanto, so they're assholes too. Are we saying that's? No. No. Ryan says no. Adam, you say yes. No. If they're if they're if they're owned by Monsanto, I want nothing to do with it. No, what definitely. they do in their outside business. No, 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 no. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So if, Scott's if, is not owned by Monsanto, but they do business with Monsanto. Cool with so me. you're cool with Scott's. So as long as it's not touching anything I have to use. Adam. Um, as far as a company, I mean, I'm just we're very familiar with Scott's as a company, and if the fact that they're making money off of Roundup, fuck those guys. You know, that's how I feel. Sure. You know what I mean? Because I don't want Roundup anywhere near my plants, and I don't want. I don't think that they're doing a service to the you know to the world by fucking monocropping us like they do, and they just don't really have the same ideals that we do. Like <laughs> so you basically don't want to give those jerks more money to do their shit with it. No, I'm sorry yeah. about that. I mean, I'm, yeah. and it's yeah, unfortunate, yeah, no, that's and, it's unfortunate and I love Yair, he's my buddy, but at the same time, I, I'm not going to tell people that it's good or bad because it's up to your decision. Now, let me, to, let me follow through with this point, though. Okay, I feel so like you don't want to give those jerks money right. because they're jerks, and they're going to do bad things with that money, right? That's so in a sense, isn't Jair like a Robin Hood type figure because he's getting some of their money? Uh, and given they have less money to do bad shit with, and well, he's a good guy. He's he, not fucking. If it was a seventy-five percent in his favor, I'd say yeah, sure. You know, you know the deal. <laughs> it's Twenty-five, seventy-five. You so know the deal. Yeah, so that's not such a great. Is that public? Yeah. Okay. Seventy-five percent of the company they bought. They so, I mean, bought seventy-five percent. So they have twenty-five percent, and they have controlling of the management. So the thing is, they same management, Theo and and Yair, yeah. and all the same guys. So I I know that for them, it's a great deal, and I know they're making tons of money and all that. And they but took it, it 70, is, they took it, that amount of money away from is, the bastards. It is going to affect their reputation in this industry because our people are pretty singular minded when it comes to how you work with sure, people. Sure, but who one, you, work with you want to know who doesn't give a fuck about buying lights from them? Philip Morris. Yeah, exactly. Big companies don't give a shit. And, but you know, and that's the thing is, I don't think that they're going to cater only to those people, and they're not going to be like a good company anymore. I think right. they're still a good company, and they still got good products. It's yeah. just it's going to be. A lot of people are going to say, you know what? I'll go with, with Solus Tech or I'll yeah. go with... People are already saying it because of the price point. Now yes. it's like, yeah. all right. And but and now, and is it going to make Gavita's cheap because they have this big corporation no. behind them? No. That's an interesting... You know what I mean? If Gavita's are 150 bucks each... If they each, can come in at a cheaper price point, they might be able to survive. But right. the problem is if Solus Tech is already cheaper right. and... Uh, yeah, if Solus Tech is cheaper and has nothing to do with Monsanto, of course they're going to come. I mean, yeah. really don't and, mind and they have their own factory. Space. That's the thing about... The thing about Solus Tech is they're a fucking good company, man. They have their own factory. They do their own... They don't buy stuff from people and then read... You know, it's not like Nanolux or whatever those guys are. They're, they're a little bit more like just straight up buy it and run it. They're they're actually doing uh, really good work. So, um, but I, it's very interesting because I just found out about the whole deal when I was in New York, you know, and I was like, "Ooh, that's kind of crazy, right there." You know what I mean? Because I felt pretty shitty when General Hydroponics got bought by Scotts. I was already like, "Well, really?" Like, it made me not want to buy any of their products anymore. I was like, "Well, that's pretty much the end of that." Yeah. And I kind of, you know, it's kind of hard for me to like do that to one company, but not to another company, sure. just because so he's my friend. A yeah. question for you, though. You need Wait, can I get a turp dab while Ryan's asking this question? Oh, can I have a turp dab too? No, you mocked the turp yeah, dabs. You mocked. I you didn't mock shit. You mocked the nail. Get your nail. Get your piece. Get of your own nail. Yeah, so he wants his quartz nail. Let's see. Well, I'd rather have that. I'd rather have it, of course, too. Hold me up too. on that turp dab. So <laughs> my, my question. You got to do it on the mic. I can't hear anything you say off um, mic. My question is: So I know I, I get that you're against it for the cannabis. I get you know, Adam, you wouldn't want to associate it with it because you don't want to put more monies in the hands of scumbags. But let's say not you have yeah, a fucking, here, just the right, right, right. Scott's people. No, not not our okay. friends. But what about 
You mean, you but I just a, feel like it's going to hit their bottom line. You have a patch of grass that's missing in your fucking backyard. Do you use Scotts to put new grass no. in there? No. no. Why, that's why he has a fucking patch do? of grass missing. Why would I? Why wouldn't you put Scotts seed down if you need grass, though? Because there's options. There's other alternatives. Yeah, they, they didn't invent they, grass. Not the only seed absorbs water the best. Oh, what are you fucking... No. Uh, they got uh, him. Brano, he's you sponsored. Out? Are you Brano'd? He's sponsored. He's done. Yeah, he's... Uh, that's no, so what plants crave? I actually... No, I bought sod. I went out and bought... Oh, I saw that. You did burn your whole... Oh, no, you like covered it up and left something Grazy grass, actually. Oh, you're a gra- Oh, yeah. I forgot. This is on his resume, actually. It is. You do it's golf courses now? Grass. Uh, Kentucky blue. Grass. Grass. Uh, Kentucky green. Sure. Oh, yeah. Red States sure. green. Yeah. Uh-huh. Colorado green. Yeah, I got, sure, I got the joke. Sure, buddy. Landed. Oh, boy. Update on my Kentucky seeds. Oh, I think I told you anyway last week. Both males. Damn. That's good or bad? But I'm going to... But I'm going to... The thing is, it's good because I can actually hit up a bunch of different things with them and yeah, see what like happens. That. Yeah, But I'm not getting the heavy skunk any heavy skunk tones on the male, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. it's not like, and it's not in flower yet, of course. But I, I thought would, you had more than two. You only had two? Two that sprouted. I, only, I have more seeds to start, but okay, I think I started 10 and two, sp- I mean, they're 1982, so two out of 10 <laughs> is pretty good. Yeah, yeah. And one of them is fucking like, you know, nice looking. One of them is like, ooh, that looks like some old 1982 hemp, Kentucky hemp growing there or something. Yeah. It has that little bit lanky wanky. I love this thing. Big shouts to Tristan and everybody at Grav Labs. Oh, you got $1,000 worth of Grav crap. Poking me up with a bunch of... <laughs> for him? A bunch of new glass. said Adam Dunn show, but he just... No, it did it. not. <laughs> Again. Again <laughs> with this. The Again. Circuit is, he can't help is it. On point. He can't help it. I'm He's calling like, Grav, and I'm, I'm pulling your plug. He's going to be like... I'm going to be getting a monthly quarter, uh, uh, quarterly uh, care package And they're going to be like, well, we sent you guys like 18 packages. And I'll be like, really? Damn, yeah, bitch, was, dump all that fucking turp sauce on He there. don't care. <laughs> no. It doesn't <laughs> smell too good. It's well, it's from Emerald Cup, so no, it smells good. It smells good. No, the the, the oil smells great. No, it smells good <laughs> after you hit it that hot. Well, maybe a little hot. Yeah, a little it bit. Didn't even puddle. It just fucking it puddles. That hot heat. <laughs> it works. Here, buddy. Yeah, it works. You show us how to do it right. Yeah, thanks, boss. I will. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you and Tony V can show us how to how to smoke. <laughs> Show me how to smoke, guys. It's funny that you said that because I remember when this, and we were talking about all this Scott stuff. I remember <laughs> it was our drive to uh, Santa Rosa when all of this started going down, when Scott started buying out General Hydroponics. It was right around the time that UCAN yeah, started. That was a different story. Oh, that's that oh. was UCAN bringing on. Oh, no, but I'm saying it was the same time because I remember hearing about the UCAN story uh, right around the same time that I heard about Scott's buying out General Hydroponics. Gotcha. So it's just funny that, you know, it, it all comes back in, in the play. All right, let's have, uh, let's have Mr. Silva call in. Silva, if you're listening. Call 720-310. He knows. He's going to be Skyping. Tads. He's going to be calling via Skype. Hey, happy birthday. Uh, happy birthday to our buddy Jackson. Look at you crying. I love it. It was a big one. I know. I just dumped it on there. I had to get ready for tonight. Jackson Zentner <coughs> from Aficionado. Freeborn Selections, it's his birthday. Yeah. So, happy birthday. Whew. I gotta go blow my nose or something. Wow. Pick yeah. it up if Jeremy calls. He got turp. Put a tampon in while you're there. He got a turp. Yeah, he totally needs that. He needs a tampon in the end. He's more of a, he strikes me more of a pad guy. Yeah, he's more pad-like. Oh, dude, we got another guy. Um, this guy, Anthony, from Massachusetts. No lower body? Kind of. He's kind of like that. No, but his whole deal is, I mean, he, this guy is fucking Howard Stern in a fucking bottle or something. He's like, Brooklyn, fucking rah! Like, yeah, anyway, he really wants to come on the show. So, 
exactly who he wanted Bike to be. He's like, like oh, you're the like oh, this. But he's not. Yeah, he's the real masshole. True masshole. Anyway. This is tasty. Oh, now it's tasty. Did you dump all of it so I have nothing well, left? Because uh, yours was perfect temperature. I took it a little hot, too, but it was you're like really Goldie, good. You're like Shots the Goldilocks, Goldilocks of dabs. No, this no. one's too hot. <laughs> this in, one's too cool. I'll give them a free shot right now. This one's just right. Check out Nectar's Collectives in one of yours. See if your local collectives carries it because they yeah. make some quality chirp juice, quality lock. Best shit. It's... It's uh, <coughs> it's out of this world it, it, good. It clears you out, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah. I'm, you see how clear I am now? I was all allergic <laughs> before. Yo, yo. Oh, oh KTI made it. KTI Let's made it. Let's start the show. <laughs> Vinny just got here from Amsterdam with a Barney's bag. Yeah. Did nice. you just get off the plane? Yeah, represent. Representing Barney's? Representing Barney's. <coughs> okay, I don't know why the people that are coming. Wait, to are you now going to pull a... Jeremy's going to call. Jeremy's going to call, but KTI's here. He knows protocol now. Uh, wait a yeah, second. Just can't you wait answer. five seconds? Press the answer button. Yeah. KTI knows protocol. <coughs> That's a lot he saw work. the message saying he but should call. Hopefully I should be there around 8 o'clock, 8.30, but hopefully I'll see you guys tonight. Cool. Um, if yeah. I don't, for any reason, have a good time. Oh, you got to come what through. What does that mean? I think I'm going to come through. You have I, to. I, I'm just, I've driven two Denver There it is. Home. There it is. This is your job. Two Denver and home. I know. That's me. Three times. Video, video, video. Do it. Do it. Three times. Mr. Jeremy. Hello, can you hear me? We can hear you, buddy. You sound yeah. great. Hello. I can't even... Can you hear us? Yeah, I'm trying to turn on my speaker so I'll have feedback and see how everything works here. Can, let's see what's going on. Cool. Would you like cool. me to my ABCs for you? No, that ain't going to work. All right, I got the Skype volume up. That's what I needed. I got the show volume down. If you guys can hear me, I can hear you. We hear you're great. You're, this is great. This is great. Uh, I got a microphone, so it should be good. It sounds It Sounds, sounds pretty great. darn good. It sounds really good. Can't even tell you how to root canal. Oh, awesome. Actually, I got wired shut, implants. Right? You got yeah. implants. Did you get sweet implants like fangs or uh, I don't know, maybe dude, some I bling? Tell you, the dentist that's out here, the surgeon, uh, her husband is working on a rec grill. We did some bartering. It was pretty awesome. <coughs> Wait, you bartered for dental work? Dude, you could do that, I guess. You I'm bartered dirt for dental work. It happens. Dirt for teeth. I, that's, dirt for teeth. that's a big trade-off because obviously dirt is pretty freely available on earth and dental work <laughs> hey, is highly overpriced. Dirt, We're talking soil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. KTI's got the live resin, I heard. Oh, yeah? We'll get into get that. The bomb diggity. All right, that's good Sorry, to know. Nuts, looking hair right there. there you go. So, Mr. Silva, buddy, we haven't talked to you in ages. Uh, we have so much to talk to you about. Were you following the conversation we were just having about Monsanto, Scott, yeah, et cetera? I was actually really interested in it just because it's, it's one of those topics that um, it's, it's kind of a gray area for some people, and it's pretty black and white mm -hmm. for others. And when the Hawthorne Gardening Group and some of the general hydroponics and some of the vermicrop and the other things started to happen, I don't think anybody was surprised. We've been expecting these relationships to be formed for a long time, but sometimes we're surprised at how quickly it's happening and which businesses are actually the ones that are getting involved. But I think we're all surprised when it's people we know, too. Like yeah, but it makes sense when the most successful 100%, people are. 100%. Why wouldn't they go after the you – know, if you're a billion-dollar company or whatever and you want to take control, I'd go after what's working and what is has, has the most market penetration. And um, it, it also makes sense to me that they didn't just put Monsanto as the brand and there's no you – know, it's several steps removed. And I, and how do you I'm feel? Not, how do you feel about the crossover, though? I mean, we, yeah, like, we understand. So we understand Scott's the seven is steps removed. Clearly, move, not owned by Monsanto. Not at all. And I think that there's a lot of misinformation being really spread out there, which just happens. You know, when you have yeah. the internet and people just copy and paste stuff and they get upset. Uh, they're not owned by them whatsoever. But when you have, you know, for instance, um, you know, we have control over some of that stuff. Uh, if I were to have. Um, 
Monsanto or whatever uh, have an actual store, I wouldn't be selling them my product. I'd say, no, go fuck yourself, and I'll keep selling to the people that have supported me when I was nobody. Now, Some of these now, vendors, if, like if I carry Scott's, deals. If Scott shows up tomorrow and offers you $25 million for Build the Soil. No, not not even a chance. And yeah, I say that now. Yeah. I say that now. Now, let me say this. I think it wouldn't happen, but I'm hundred million dollars. Right now, <laughs> let, let's flip this to a different situation, right? hundred million dollars. Let's say tragedy strikes and your family's in dire need of money for a medical emergency and Scott's comes and offers you $25 million. No clue. I'd probably do whatever it took. But yeah. let's say right now we're just talking about business. If my value, if there was enough value on that, then I've already got that. I'm going to build my business to be 10 times that. Now, we're nowhere near there, not even close. But if right. somebody's offered me $25 million, I'm thinking, holy shit, there's more value here than I thought. I want to keep doing this. Correct. I'm not ready to give up. I think a lot of people, when you get in business and you start to see how much resources it really takes to run a business. And we're scaling pretty quick, but we're so, so small compared to most other businesses out there. It just blows me away at how much some people can really get done in one day and the systems they create to do that. So I can understand after running a business for a long time, it'd be really nice to get paid and to take it to that next level and maybe help your employees get paid more and all of that. So there's definitely more going on there. But for me, it's just black and white. I'm not going to ever do that. The whole reason I quit my high paying job to come build a business like this was because I was willing to do nothing. I got my expenses down to none. I paid off my car. I had no cell phone, uh, no um, microwave, no cable. I just wanted to live my dreams as simple as possible. And you know, now a few years later, I'm back in an office and kind of doing the sales thing again. But it's, it's for a very specific reason, and it's, and it's for yourself too. It's all the soil out there. It's for myself. There's no partners. Nobody can tell me what to do, and even if the money was there and it was another really good company, it'd be very hard for me to partner up because you lose control. So to lose control of a major portion of your business, it's almost like you're the inventor of a nuclear bomb, and they're going to use it for military purposes instead of for energy, and yeah. you've got a grow light that could have made a big difference in the industry for certain people, and now it's going to go to the other side, so to speak, and you know, it's it's one of those things where I already wasn't as excited about a double-ended uh, light that had a lot of energy used to it. I was more on the line of looking towards my home growers and energy efficient and producing your own. Mm -hmm. I also think that when we're talking about food all over the world, we can grow enough. It's getting it to people and ultimately learning how to grow your own, learning what to do in case our grocery stores run out of food one day. Those are important skills to have and you can't always depend on a bottle. Uh, that being said, I have learned to adopt and learn about every growing style there is because the world isn't over. The grocery stores are open and we can utilize different practices, but a lot of our customers get really excited about knowing that they're fairly dependent. Yeah. Uh, well, if you're like, I mean, uh, that's you know, independent instead of dependent. Whenever I'm in New York is the one thing that drives me, like it strikes me so hard. It's like well, all these people and they're all eating and they all need food. And it's just like, well, they only have like two days worth of food there. Like if it really <laughs> goes down, it, they're done. You know dude, what I mean? 11, that was like, that was real, dude. Yeah. The stores were all closed. Where the fuck are you going to get food? You have like some leftover rice in your fridge and that's about yeah, it. And obviously New York's not the easiest, New York City's not the easiest place to consider even thinking about growing your own food. But people are smart enough to even think that way because they're yeah. like, shit. You Rooftop gardens, community Roof gardens. Yeah, that's where I, and there's Vertical so much gardens. wasted space on rooftops and stuff. Every time I'm, every time I'm above looking down, I'm like, man, look at all that fucking wasted space right yeah. there, you know? And the, the energy that it takes to grow food is sometimes really rewarding. There's a lot of people willing to do it for free because it gives them pleasure and joy and it's simple i mean i've got an earth box on my back patio that produces almost more food than i can eat every day just in salad it's one little box with a little soil so people getting uh to a point where they understand how to cultivate their own food i mean we could grow 10 pounds of sprouts within two days and be eating some food if i really had to as long as you have seed and know how to produce it so um 
some of these things you know go a little bit deeper and they're not so simple to talk about but for sure when I look at products that are being sold out to the bigger companies and they have a big business model in mind I'm a lot more likely to support the small guy because I've been there I had no sales couldn't afford any marketing was measuring and weighing ingredients in my kitchen and so I just tend to support those types of people because I'm I feel more connected to them and I try not go to Walmart if I don't have to but you know there's times where they're open at one o'clock in the morning and I need something. So I'm not perfect. I try not to make rules for myself. Like I forget the comedian, but he says, I've got these little believies and I want other people to follow them, but I don't always do it myself. And a lot of times in the organic gardening world, that kind of tends to show itself really quick. So, well, I think that's a good segue to, you know, because our, our, our nominal topic for the today, obviously we never really talk about the actual topic, but our nominal topic, uh, for today is, um, the real why well, I got excited because I saw you tested the was it the Malibu biodynamic that you posted the test results for. No, we we actually tested the Ollie Mountain. There you go, the Ollie the reason, Mountain. The reason why is because there's less transparency in the actual ingredients that are making the compost. Where Malibu, the reason why we haven't gotten so far as testing that is for a couple of reasons. It costs a lot of money to test, and this is also new to us, so I don't want to just test everything. I want to see how it all works, and then we will be testing everything. But Malibu's very transparent, and they're paying a lot of money for themselves to do testing on the ingredients that make the compost before it starts. And so that's great, but if you're making a compost from just everything under the sun, uh, you've got to be able to test it on the backside. So yeah. primarily, I think Malibu would have the win as far as just quality control before they even make the compost, and that allows them to make the compost faster. Where when you aren't as positive, meaning with Ollie Mountain, they get yard waste and fish and stuff. Now, there might be heavy metal in fish. There might be uh, Roundup or something in the grass. So in conversations with the manufacturer, you should always talk to who you're buying stuff from. We learned that they're not just getting yard waste from the city. They're getting it from very specific rural counties that has been working for them for you know, multiple generations. So there's at least some comfort there. But I wanted to know and look my customers in the eye and say for sure there was nothing bad in the product. And I couldn't do it. And even now I can't because we're only testing against what I asked them to test for, sure. which is everything under the sun I could pay for I had tested. Um, that being said, there are probably a couple other hundred ones I could go to different labs and test for, but they're very rare and very unlikely to be in the product. So now we've got a point where I've got some compost and we know it's working and there's enough of it where we can mix it with some soil. And my fear is that somebody would be potentially inhaling uh, a chemical or maybe actually having the garden die and not even get that far because of some residue. So we sent it off to the lab. It's like a seven-page report. You can go find it on Build a Soil. It's the most recent blog post. We have the photos on there and then you can also download the PDF and it'll be a little easier to read. And there's nothing detected whatsoever. And then what was really interesting to me is I was actually pretty confident we weren't going to have the chemicals uh, or residues just because Ollie Mountain takes a couple years to make because they are also concerned with that and they want the composting to break apart anything that could be left over. And so I've always been really confident in composting's ability to clean things up. And that's why I think that learning about soil is the key to remediating some of our uh, toxic waste problems that we have out there. But that being set aside, I figured, okay, what about these fish they're putting in this compost, right? Sure. What about like all, we, heard, we heard all the fish in the Pacific are radioactive and all yep. fish have mercury in yeah, and so a lot of those things, as you start to do research, you find out that there's a lot of misinformation and scare tactics. And for instance, some of the fish fertilizer we get is 
uh, from fish that are actually a managed population. They're from deep water. They're used to uh, make other products like glucosamine chondroitin from the skeleton structure. So from that industry, it's very heavily tested because people are consuming it. So then we get to the next step and we start to figure out, okay, let's say but there were heavy metals. I want to just pa- pause you real quick there. Like that, that's totally dependent on the source, as you were saying before. Totally dependent on source. Yes, that's why we have conversations with every product and we only carry specific ones. Now, one thing uh, I'd love to ask you to teach us is how you go about asking a, a you know, because obviously they, they have a vested interest in getting you to buy this product. Yep. So how do you get them to be on? What questions are the key questions to ask to find out if it's a good source or a bad source? Uh, you know, it's interesting. I think that just like with anything you do in life, um, for instance, the first time you're calling for maybe a bid for construction for your house or something. Usually the first phone call is kind of weird and then you hear a couple keywords. Like for me, it was freight. When I first started the company, I was like, what's LTL? What's FTL? Right. What are these little slogans? And pretty soon by your second or third phone call, you got the jargon down. You know how to ask the questions and kind of get a little deeper into it. And of course, when you're spending a lot of money with a company, they're willing to put you on the phone with the owner and you can tell they might have a little more passion and explain to you kind of how they got to their method. And so a lot of it's intuition. If you feel just a bad vibe and the person's not you know, lining up with the rest of your beliefs, it may not even be worth researching. Go on to another company. But if you find a company who um, is really excited, for instance, I'm going to be carrying a, a new fish um, fertilizer product and the owner of that started selling organic soil in the 70s and 80s and we really connected. And so I have a little more belief that some of the things he's telling me are, are true. But at the end of the day, you have to spend your own money and do the testing. And so one of the things I'm excited for Build a Soil to be is potentially be like a consumer advocate, consumer reporting type of business where in the future, instead of just trusting the company to test it themselves, we'll, we'll be hopefully large enough where if, it's, if it meets the minimum tier cuts on quality of product, we'll be testing it ourselves and verifying that data for all the customers. So when you get on the phone and you start talking to them, uh, you'll start asking, hey, do you do any testing? If they say, no, we never thought of that, it might be a red flag. It could be they're a small business and it might be worth it for you to test on your own. So you really never know until you really just start digging your hands in there. What I found out is most companies that run a business have a hard enough time getting their supplier on the phone to place their order, let alone spending three weeks you know, calling the guy that's on vacation and getting an email back and finally finding the point of contact to have a real conversation with somebody. And sometimes that's all it really takes to learn more. That's our big selling point for Build a Soil is that somehow they get to a real human being that can actually think and talk <laughs> instead of it being like, oh, another diversion. Because I mean, yeah. that, and then the worst part is, is if you if you got any if you talk to somebody and and you have any feeling that they're not confident about what they're talking about, then there's a good chance that. They're just spinning the wheels right at that point yep. and telling you what they heard the guy say down the hall. So yeah. you, you definitely want to get to the source on, especially when it gets to, when you get down and dirty, like you said. And, and even here, I have people that call and I don't want them talking to just some of my staff that answers the phone because at the end of the day, my reputation's on the line. And you know how it is. I mean, I hear these jokes all the time on Facebook. Hey, how much does a head grower make? I think I saw this from. Was yeah. it Mike Hawley's post? Yeah, yeah Mike today, today. Yeah. right? And I was laughing because the guy's like, "Yeah, he's going to pay me two fifty. And I told him to shove it up his ass because how are you going to pay me less than I'm already making as a good grower? Right. So for me to get good staff in here that totally knows organics and has been through every problem in a garden and you know come back from it and can answer some of these tough questions. Dude, they're out there doing their own thing. And yeah, they so, don't want to work for Bill. Yeah, Zero. and I don't even want to be here nine to five. I mean, don't get me wrong. This is the best opportunity I've ever had, and it's my passion. But 
I quit my job so I could go grow. And all of a sudden, I'm back in an office and I got to go do my grow at night. And so it's all just for me, but my whole passion is in the cannabis. And that's what's fueled asking these questions about soil and everything else. So um, at the end of the day, dude, if you can always get in touch with the actual owner and you know, find a way to just get to the top. That's the best. Um, I do it with every company I call. I try and figure out who the man is and, and just go straight to the top. Yeah, that's good. Good piece of advice right there. Now, don't blow us up right now. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk to Jeremy now. Call He's Jeremy saying, right now. Yeah, everybody. It's, it's, it's very frustrating. I want to talk to everybody, and it, it's just tough because usually my phone calls turn into an hour long, and then I forget you know something important in the office. So that's, we're getting that's help. why we got to schedule a show, maybe Sundays or something, yeah, just where when you can just, just take Colin. Yeah, there you go. That would be awesome. I would really consider doing that because one of the things I'd like to do is take those sound bits and some of the questions that we're getting that are a little more reoccurring and build yeah. a very frequently asked exactly. question. Exactly, it's a great a, way. It's a great way to. It takes uh, a lot of time, yeah. and I've been busy scaling the business. And one of the, I think one of the things that happens with people that really care about what they're doing is. You tend to just not start it at all if you know you're not going to do a good enough job. Yep. And it just bugs you. So uh, when I get started, I have all the energy and I can finish it quick. But I sometimes put off these projects. So right now, if you want to discuss maybe doing Q and A, I'd love to do. Something you can like even that. do it the other way too, where I'm sure you have a backlog of questions to answer. So you don't. We don't have to get fresh call-ins on the show. You can go. No, over. I do, and it would just take time to just dig through a lot of the questions and find Fine. out which ones are yep. most common. And I've got a new guy we hired this week that is. Oh, we got another. We got a guy. We got a guy. We got, so we just hired and and. Added Adam mentioned before, Dinesh is our new. Uh, I hired, uh, I outsourced uh, an assistant. He we took jobs away. Assistant. He took jobs away from virtual action. He yeah, took we have jobs a virtual away from assistant in Mumbai, huh? and it's totally how Tim Ferriss says. And because if you remember in Four Hour Workweek, he says like the first two he had were terrible. Yep, and, I've had a couple awful ones, and then he got a good one. So this first one, like he's been on the job. This will be a week. And he's fired today. Like I just complained to his manager, and the manager said they have to go motivate him more, which. Is either I think putting his feet in a bag of snakes or electrocuting him. I'm not sure. <laughs> Needs mo- oh my god! Serious motivation required. Yep. I, so I was, doing, I was doing real estate, and I read that book, and I ended up getting an assistant that was on the opposite time zone as me, so that they could clean up a lot of my paperwork, so it was ready when I woke up. That's in the what I was shooting for. And, and in this- theory, it was killer, but all I did is create myself a couple of weeks of work trying to teach somebody to do what I was already doing. Yeah, I already saw Mitch's uh, emails to this guy, and I was like, it "Sounds like you just did it for the guy. You might as well, you know." No, because like- I got to do it once. He has to do it two thousand times. Right. If he can yeah. figure, that's the point. You, they're like human copy machines. You Herein lies the trouble in business. Is uh, you know, a lot of times we want everything done right we want to do it ourselves That's and once you start to get over motto. that the key thing in life is to teach other people to do it and be comfortable watching them learn and fail and learn and go through those curves but once you have that person trained they're just so much more valuable than you doing it yourself so or you put their feet in the bag goes. of snakes and, yeah. uh, or you cane them but once we have our own guy I can set him loose on anything once I find my trustworthy you know right hand man in India and like also, KTI like KTI yeah my right Indian here. KTI and I'm gonna get a Filipino too because the Filipinos a, sound good on the phone yeah they have a very better see we yeah, don't even little, need it we got KTI right there for yeah, you, we can, there just, you go. we can have KTI I, I know this KTI isn't relevant but Adam what, yes. what's, what's up with American Apparel we're doing a drop we, we had no money to get t-shirts when we first started so we used a company out of LA right. that would print one shirt at a time when our customer ordered it and I thought it was pretty cool they did an organic t-shirt made right. in the USA by American Apparel never thought twice about it oh the dude's just like a child molester that's the problem he's, he's like, like he's what a, the he's fuck a, he's I'm like canceling it right now how do I can I just work with you on some t-shirts and maybe buy a few or something of course I got THTC hemp shirts 
that are perfect for Boom. you. Boom. That's Damn. what I want. I yeah, want because American know. Apparel, the guy literally will like jerk off during meetings and stuff. Well, and they're like, closed now. They're out of business because of that shit. He yeah. hired like all underage girls, and he would just like pull his dick out of meetings. It was really weird. Like every single time I heard about this guy, I was like, this guy's insane. What is he doing? How you know? come I didn't know about that? Like that's insane that people can live a life like that. Here I am. Oh, he was fully. And there was no secret. He's in yeah. magazines and stuff. But here's the the takeaway from all this. Did he work for Advanced Nutrients? Maybe here. The takeaway here is that this man knows how to shop for soil, but not for clothes, obviously, because he didn't ask the questions that he just told us to ask when he was shopping for shirts. It wasn't relevant to my business. I did not ask very many questions. And he wasn't standing in front of you with his dick in his hand. That that definitely would have threw it off. You'd be like, eh, maybe not. so, yeah, I, so I guess uh, anything you guys want. I wanted to bring it back to the Ollie Mountain real quick. Yes, sir. I want to bring it. Well, I mean, I want to bring it back to that concept in general of quality inputs. Um, yep. When you're calling, so that's why I didn't test the Malibu. I guess is why we talked about that. Is because they've been really transparent and they've spent tons of money on GMO testing and other inputs, and it makes me pretty happy. And that's why I really like working with them. That being said, they're sold out and they know it. And so it's one of those things where they're not completely sold out, but they're. They're scaling so fast because their product really is that good that it's it's one of those things where we have to look at all our resources. And so with the Ollie Mountain, it's been a very good performing product, but I was very fearful that we might have some heavy metals or some stuff. So having this tested just brought me a lot more confidence. And how, and how is their source material like uh, as far as they're going to not be in a situation like a Perlite Mountain getting scooped away and there's nothing left? We got no. No, Ollie has a lot more, um, but, but it is a real – Issue and so one of the things that we're going to be doing is Tad over at Keep It Simple. You know he's been around longer than Build a Soil. If you guys don't know him, check him out. Dude, they've been around forever. They've been around forever, and it's not like I like advertising for other people, but it's just he was here before me, and uh, his dad was here before all of us, and a lot of what we learned online stemmed back to that and Tim Wilson and some oh, of those yeah. relationships. So they use Ollie Mountain, and I'm going to share this report with him so he can share it with his customers. I've, I've not done that yet, but I'm going to reach out. And they're really the biggest distributor out there for that, and we'll be the Colorado distributor. And talking to uh, Rob Dressel over there at Ollie Mountain, um, he's going to respect our relationship, and we're just going to be the distributor for Colorado and make it easier because he's busy running his business. And if it stays <coughs> the same low price there direct, they will be out of material. And so we want to make sure that we keep it at the similar price, but I don't want to take control of it, but I also don't want to lose out for all the testing we're doing and just have it taken off the market. Now I got to change my business model because I'm open source. All my information is free for everybody. And so I've got to do what I can on the back end to at least make sure I get some of my own. And so we're locking that down as best as I can right now. Um, That being said, if you're getting it in Colorado, we're already freighting so much out here that it's probably more affordable. And here's the thing. I want to get it here in Colorado. And so the only reason we're importing is there's not enough here that's good. And I hope that People here will realize that, create a business, make a good product, and make it available for us. Is that us. on the horizon for you at all? I mean, in, obviously, uh-huh. you've been expanding, expanding, expanding. It's not. It's not because I can't do a good enough job, and I need to run a full-time business doing that, and doing it would take just that. Sure. But I know there are people that will have that ability, and I've been talking to some of them, and I haven't seen their facilities, so I've not made any moves. But a couple people here locally are making small scale. I've got uh, Rootwise Dynamics. If you haven't checked them out on Instagram, um, Rootwise, look it up. He's going to be making some vermicompost for us following the Coots method with Comfrey. I mean, the whole deal. And so it's going to be a little more high end for teas and stuff, but we're moving away from vermicompost in all of our recipes because we get better quality control and testing on the compost. And then we're going to want people to use a higher end, very controlled product for teeing, top dressing, and when you do transplanting. And this will be a much better budget, I think, for scale. So- and to, to, to give a little context for that, I guess, for people who aren't as familiar with Coots method, uh, the basic idea is you you make a high quality 
thermocompost, a normal compost, yep. and, and then, then you feed down, that to worms. Add yeah. the nutrients to that. So you, you, yeah, you enrich that, and then feed it to worms. Yeah, you enrich that, feed that to worms, yeah. and let them process it all together. And the end uh, result of that, the enzymes and all the good. And, stuff. and here's why: it's gold, uh, man. It used to be that compost was pretty scary stuff. If you just went around to buy it locally, you could ha- find a batch that was full of pesticides or e. coli or garden or, or whatever. And so now that we have producers that are doing quality, we can test against that. We know their methods. Everything's done according to organic, you know, temperatures and everything. Okay, yeah, you so got now spades. Now we've got that, but vermicompost isn't there yet. Meaning. When we start buying at scale, this time of year with the amount of truckloads leaving people in demand, there's just crap going out everywhere. And the whole reason we buy the vermicompost is typically for the amount of life that's in it. So if you can get it from a local producer by the bucket, it's going to be so much more alive than getting it toted up at a certain dryness so it can fit on a truck and being shipped. And we're not exempt from that. We have one of the better castings I've been able to find outside of the typical Unco model, but that doesn't mean that it's better than you can make yourself. So I'm really going to be focusing on people making their own castings, even people that have large facilities. It would save them so much money to make small amounts for their teas and inoculations. And then from there, some of the microbe products we're seeing on the market are getting better as we're seeing more testing on them. They're having to be held accountable. Um, On scale, it's easier to use products like that. But at home for the home soil builder, Making your own castings is definitely the way to go. So. I mean, and the rate of production versus consumption totally makes sense. You're probably not running a garden large enough to consume all the castings you can make. No, I mean, if you're using it in your soil recipe, it might be hard. But if people stop thinking that way and we can get a very affordable, really good compost as part of the base soil, all the soil data we're testing out shows like our last batch, which I just tested, of Malibu uh, in our regular build-a-soil recipe following Coots method, um, at 33%, the numbers came out phenomenal. And... It's rare to find that. A lot of times you go get a local compost. If you put 30% local compost in your recipe, Hot, it's going right? to be too salty, too much pee, too much K, and you're going to have major lockout problems for the first year. And so what we would do is we would cut that with worm castings, and it worked because most castings were just peat moss and grain, and it was not very rich. It was just more microbially alive. Sure. But now we're seeing a lot of hot castings made from manure as people try and ramp up and really take advantage of the market. And so mixing those two together causes similar issues. Sure, and sure, sure. So getting back to just less ingredients, keeping it simple from a quality control perspective is really great. And now I can publish a soil test result and a guy who's never done business with Build-A-Soil can go buy a bag of Malibu in California, go buy some nutrients that everybody stocks now because of Coots and how well it works. And they can make their soil look at our soil test and pretty much be within a point or two of that because the quality control is there. And uh, same with Ollie. Now that we've got the Ollie Mountain tested, somebody could follow our results, look at our Ollie Mountain test results, and their pH and their you know, uh, cation exchange and all their nutrients should fall right in line. So we're just trying to make the effects of mixing different ingredients together transparent so people don't have to spend all the money on testing that we are right now. And I think it'll help a lot of home gardeners. And then always those people that go to scale usually can't do it all themselves they call us and then we end up making some money and so it all works well and you provide a lot of value in the process obviously and in just um answering a lot of the questions uh resolving a lot of the uncertainty well and also like if you just can stop one guy from you know coming in hot and burning up his whole crop and that's that's already a huge i mean people don't realize that every time they have a successful crop there there was so many options to have it not work you know what you I mean? were right on the verge yeah. of failure yeah, and you yeah. don't even know it you know what i mean well, like mr magoo so style growing <laughs> you're like doop doop to do Oh, disaster <laughs> avoided. Well, anybody that's grown, you know, been a, a breeder or or been a, a soil producer or been in an industry where you help a lot of people with a similar product, it's interesting because you can give twenty people the same soil and see different results. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's really rewarding when you see a grower that's got their 
got everything figured out and you know they know what they're doing and they're getting good results, it just makes you feel really good. It makes you feel really good when a first-time grower has killer success, but there's no way to guarantee all of that. When you get in business, there's going to be people that just have issues no matter what, whether it's seeds or soil or grow room environment. I can't do everything for everybody. And so my biggest fear in life is that we cause a problem in someone's garden. I, I just lose sleep over it. I think about it all the time. The more people we affect, the more possibility there is. So this testing and the soil mixture that we got and all these things help me sleep at night and help me look people in the eye and say, dude, it's not this compost. There's something else going on. We've got to investigate. And as a grower, when you can eliminate a variable as a possibility, it's big time. Um, I mean, sometimes there's five or six variables you're going to have to look at. Is it potentially a, a bug that I can't see? Do I have to scope? Uh, is there a fan burning it? Did the heater go out? What's going on? Is the light coming on in the middle of the night? So anytime you can eliminate a variable from um, one of your situations, it's really helpful. And so that's where this testing comes in. We hope to do more, but if you guys look at the test, the arsenic, cadmium, copper, lead, all of that is way below the standard units for what you'd find in normal soil or compost. And then you can also find that EPA report that goes over kind of the normal levels. So you can you can read a test locally. It's funny when, when people go to buy compost, a lot of times they'll say, yeah, they even had a compost test and they'll email it to me and I'll just see the worst thing I've ever seen before. But the compost producers don't even know it and they readily give it to their customers. So as long as you can start to read and understand this information, it really does help. I mean just basics like the carbon to nitrogen ratio and um, some of the nutrient levels. And so if you go to build a soil and just start clicking around or look at our Instagram, you can find some of these reports and just start Googling on your own about what each line item means and you'll find a lot of information. Sounds like you got some allergies down there too, buddy. Yeah, a few weeks ago it was pretty bad. I live up on top of a mesa that has a lot of farming and – I'm not sure what they're growing in, man, but it, it fucks with me sometimes. Um, try quercetin. I don't know if you try if I've told you that one yet. Quercetin. No, I'll definitely try that. So uh, bioflavonoid that from onion skins, and it, if it works for you, it works like really fast. Or get the pavlock and just like okay. sh- just shock it out of you. Shock, the shock, it, out, that shock it out of your system. Does not work. I have to get active. If I go for a run in the morning, or I've been doing jujitsu every single morning, uh, it seems like getting active and getting my lungs breathing and everything. I don't know what it is, but it just kind of beats it for the day. And then towards the end of the night, I'm, when the pets come in, I've got a whole bunch of animals at my house. They just bring it all in from outside, and I end up dealing with it. But there's, there's so much pollen out of my mom's place. It's like the puddles are yellow, and it's yeah, just everything, like, everything pollen is pollen yeah, I watch a tree. Just I'm like, whoa. It's funny. I don't even like talking about it because I'm like, man, I eat all healthy, and I shouldn't have allergies. I don't like being weak. <laughs> uh, so back into it. You were listing a bunch of stuff: lead, cadmium, arsenic, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yep. When people, let's say people, uh, especially I know like a lot of facilities, you know, on a commercial scale are interested in just testing the soil they're buying to be damn sure for their internal consistency. Yep. What should they be looking for? Do you have, a, is there a master list somewhere that you referenced? How do you decide what are the bad things that could be in your soil? It's pretty standard just because there's been people getting in trouble for this stuff for a while. And so um, you can go. Talk to a lot of the laboratories. So what, what I would do is, for instance, when the big scare came out, and I think it was what uh, – was it Washington or Oregon did the test on all of the different microbial products? Yeah, I want to talk to you about that next. But yeah. Let's talk about it now. Yeah, so obviously this, it's never totally black and white. Like we have to figure out how they tested, when they got the product. There's so many things going on. But one of the things I did is I said, hey, I want a list of every single lab you'd use outside of your own. And they said, here's the top 10 labs we know of. So that was a great way just to get a list. Um, Then from there, you can start calling those people. For instance, I work with Logan Labs, and they do a lot of soil testing for me. 
So when I called and said, hey, who should I talk to about pathogen testing? They said, call this laboratory. I said, well, geez, that's on this list over here. So you start to get, like anything in life, multiple signs that you're on the right path. And that, for me, is is big time. I, I just really believe in the law of intent and taking notice of the things that come to me when I'm asking these questions. So if you go to any really reputable lab, they're going to have some standard tests that you're going to want to at least start with on heavy metals, and they'll go through all the basics with you. Um, and right away, you'll see if anything's off the chart, and they'll probably tell you. But then you can just look at standard um, levels, um, and that report is on the EPA acceptable levels on our blog post, and that was actually from Brookside Laboratories that included that and also included kind of how to look at this report for me. Um, that being said, if you're the guy doing testing on your own stuff, you're going to want to have that conversation with your lab and really get into it um, because they're the ones doing the testing for you. Um, on arsenic, for instance, uh, you wouldn't want to see a, per, a, a certain parts per million, and parts per million is the exact same as the milligrams per kilogram, so don't get confused True. by those two numbers. They're both the same, mm-hmm. um, and when you start to look at it, obviously, you just scan on the list and go, whoa, this is higher than all the other numbers, so you look online, look it up, and you go, oh, okay, that's supposed to be there. Zinc is acceptable. It's one of the few items that we actually get deficient in, just like boron, right. so um, you know, certain things you will learn about as you ask the questions, but memorizing all these as facts, it's just not really recommended. It's not possible. You'll sure. be wrong trying to memorize it. So each time we get a report, we bring up the other one that shows us what's safe, and we just compare them right next to each other. Yes, that's smart. And that's what I did for the customers too. Um, and in the internet age too, I try not to memorize too many useless facts. I just look it up when it's when it's needed. Bro, I don't even know anyone's phone number. I hardly know anyone's name. I got a yeah, few numbers crazy. stuck in my head really good, but for Dude, the new I, ones... I lost I, a Bitcoin wallet the other day, and I had to remember my password. I had, ooh, it was pretty upsetting, but I figured it all out. That's so. a good... That's a tough that's, one. Yeah. Or yeah. hire hackers for all your Bitcoins. And they steal all, Bitcoins. They're like, yeah, we got it open. There's no, no coins. It. No coins. <laughs> oh. There's no coins in your wallet. <laughs> <laughs> that well, your ID's in there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, that's all the useless stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Some business cards and a coffee punch <laughs> card. Um yeah. All right, so that's kind of like what you're looking for when you're testing. How does that stuff get in soil? That's, I think, one question that a lot of people have is like, what what makes soil bad from a from a manufacturing standpoint? How do you make bad soil or bad components? I think that it's just not caring about your ingredients. Jeremy's like, I don't know how to make bad stuff. I only make good stuff. <laughs> no, I definitely, when you know how to make good, you know how to make bad. And I always think of it from a culinary perspective. When we're talking about organic materials, it's very akin to a chef looking for ingredients. And sometimes they have to take items off the menu in certain seasons. And they can't scale quite as fast if they want to keep quality. The only way to scale your restaurant is to you know get Cisco involved and start to have microwaves at your, at your facility. And so when we're talking scaling, making soil – we have to have the ability to make a good recipe from any quality ingredient. And so that's where we started to move away from super soil. And when I first started, it was like, hey, there's the super soil, there's this. And a lot of the recipes we found were just a bro's recipe or a buddy's recipe. And you didn't deviate because you couldn't ask the guy because you couldn't even talk to him. So you I, I want to distinguish what I you're talking a, about I still got a crusty, super soil. I got the crustiest formula. It's you so have funny. an old ris- crusty formula? Dude, and a lot I wrote it, on a, wrote it on a piece of cardboard. Sure, and of course. It, and I still got it. And it's like yep. it's all covered in every amendment possible. That's you know everything I mean? that's in it and some other things, yeah, right? And then it's like I'm still going by it. I'm still going by it. And then I look at it today and I'm like – God, I didn't put very many worm castings in there. Like now, I'm like all oh, like trying to change it a little bit, but I'm like, no, no you I can't, can't change it. It was original. They had that formula for a reason. Yeah. So, so we look at the ingredients and find out. Okay, if there's four different calcium ingredients, why? Which one's the best? How do we use just that? And simplify it. So then, during different seasons or different issues, we can change things. But when we keep the recipe simple, we're a lot less likely to run into shortage issues. 
And so, for instance, here's a good one, uh, rice holes. We use rice holes as an aeration amendment. It makes the soil a little bit lighter. It breaks down into silica. It's got a good texture. But if you were to just go to the rice farm down the street and scoop rice holes out of their free pile, you might be getting every pesticide residue, heavy metal, and mold and fungus you can think of. But if you go to PBH, Parboiled Rice Holes, where we go, you're going to get thousands of dollars of testing on every single batch because of the liability they have selling it to massive greenhouses that make every start for Home Depot and all the greenhouses. So when you start to get that level of accountability, you can see that they're testing heavy metals, every pesticide, all of the rice fertilizers. They test against all of it. So once we've tested the rice holes and once I've tested the compost, when I mix the two together, I don't think I'd have to test that mixture because we know both ingredients were clean. And that's why Malibu has been doing so good. They test before they mix, before they feed the cattle and all of that. So, so when the cattle die, they go like, nah, bad batch. Yeah. <laughs> cattle's well, all dead. How some people do it. but so, so now we're looking at how this stuff might get in your soil without you knowing it. And that would be just from, for instance, uh, you know, next year, I'm going to do the same test on Ollie Mountain again. And we'll just keep doing it to make sure nothing starts to slip down below our quality standards as we start to scale because this whole industry uh, has got a little bit of a green rush attachment to it. And a lot of these different manufacturers of products get sold out. And then instead of saying no, they make a lower quality product to keep up with demand. And that's something I never, ever, ever want to fall pit, pitfall to because we know that other businesses, if we didn't have our quality, could just crush us overnight. Sure. And that's so that's we're your really brand dependent on our transparency and our quality. So. And I mean, we—I remember when we saw it happening with Ocean Forest. You know, oh my God, two thousand nine. You bought yeah. a bag of Ocean Forest, good to go. Throw some water in that. Yeah, bitch. the next month it was aphids, Route Aphid City or whatever. Sure, and that happened. That whole cycle of things. But that was everybody. That was like them and uh, Roots Organics. Everybody had the same. I think they were all storing it at the same place. Well, by probably. the end of it, it just turned into well, real garbage. Well, it makes garbage. sense. You only had a couple manufacturers that had all the equipment, so a lot of people were using similar packing houses to make all their recipes. So same problems in the same places. Yep. Uh, you do your own mixing now. You have your own mixing machine, big yeah. giant yeah, monster we, thing. How big we've is got it? A, we've got a couple mixers. We're actually hooking up a new one right now. We had a problem with it today. The, the tie-down strap that uh, brought it out in transport pinched one of the main uh, electrical conduit lines, and so we're going to get that finally up and running on Monday. But um, the mixers – What's the capacity? We saw it right away when we started making soil. I mean, um, that most stuff was done outside. We had it outside in the beginning. I was working with local soil yards that made compost and keeping yeah. it really local. But the guy would be like, yo, you ready for your soil? It's 50 mile per hour winds and you're dumping bags of kelp. It's flying away. He's right. mixing the tractor, driving the tires over it, fuel's leaking out. So there was no way to really have perfect quality control, but that's what everybody did. If you need 100 yards of soil, you're just going to have the nearest place by with tractors whip it up for you. Right. And so as we saw that, we found, hey, there might be a way to improve this. What if we hand weighed every single ingredient that went in every single yard so every yard was the same and then I could be a lot more confident saying each bag that came out of that yard was more likely to be the same. And so as we narrowed down our quality control, one of the problems we saw right away is it raised our cost through the roof on production and lowered our profit margin. And we just dealt with it for a while until we could buy bigger truckloads of ingredients and find a way to make our machine more consistent. So uh, about a year and a half ago, I had – you know, the guy, Lewis, that's running our warehouse right now, he was mixing soil in one of those uh, stainless steel feed troughs that are about like oval for horses. Sure, sure. With a shovel, and he'd be rowing that for eight hours a day, making soil for people. Yeah, and that's the work right there. Then we got a yeah, one-yard yeah. mixer, and a couple guys would run that. We'd make however many sacks in a day, and now they could make about a truckload in a day on a one-yard mixer, which is just nonstop, like clockwork, working about 20 hours a day. That's fucking crazy. And that, even that is not enough because if, if a greenhouse calls and wants one truck, it may sound like not very much soil, but 
Now I've got 20 people that want one bag that I've just got to say no to until their order's done. So from a perspective of keeping everybody happy, we definitely had to get the next size mixer up. And all we did is went to a four-yard mixer so we could still keep the quality control. And we're probably going to start off just running two yards at a time through it uh, since we you know, can go a little bit faster now. So um, it's just one of those things where when you mix it indoors, weigh everything by hand, it's a little bit closer to how the grower would do it in his garage on a tarp very carefully weighing and scooping each ingredient. And to me, even when I started this business, the soil that I made for myself in my garage always seemed to work better. So I just thought to myself, how can I make everything I make the exact same as if I was doing it myself? And that's where the mixer and the indoor facility and bringing all the stuff in and having quality control started to come to fruition. And it took me a while. I mean, the testing on this Ollie Mountain alone, I couldn't have afforded last year. And so if you guys keep supporting me, I'll keep spending my money on better equipment and making sure we do testing on everything. Dude, I mean, the craziest part to me, like, I don't know that there is another soil company that keeps all their ingredients indoors. Dude, it's hard. I really want I to I can't stuff imagine that there's another place that's going through that. And the difference that makes when ultimately the stakes are what they are, I guess it doesn't matter as much for tomatoes. But yep. when it's a quick commercial warehouse of cannabis or a basement of cannabis... It's huge. It's a huge lost opportunity cost if that crop fails, especially if it's because it was yep. in the soil to start well, with. Well, that's why I'm I'm not I'm wanting to take some of the worm castings out of our traditional recipes and have a higher end, locally made product with no freight into it, made by Rootwise with the vermicompost. Because when I can do that, I can truly eat, like if I buy a product that was kept outside for three months and I put it inside, that doesn't really matter. So like our peat moss, it's perfect because I drive by these soil companies out here and they've got two-year-old peat moss with the plastic flapping in the wind and flies on it. Ours is brand new. A truck comes in every week. It's indoors. It's perfect. It makes me really happy. But once I get the quality control on the producers that are sending us the ingredients, then I can really guarantee that soil is going to be perfectly clean. But at the end of the day, what the big soil manufacturers do to get around that is they sterilize every single bag of soil they make. And I just can't do that. We want ours alive. And so we've got to deal with some of that. And that's, I mean, if the sto- if the soil's sterile, it's not really soil, right? It's dirt. Yeah, that's how I feel too. But I'll still talk to organic growers to this day that'll say, yeah, when I get soil, I sterilize it myself and then I re-inoculate it. I mean, I've definitely seen solarizing, which yeah. I don't know if that would totally sterilize. I feel like it won't kill your all your bennies because a I, lot of them like yeah. sunlight and oxygen and stuff, shit like that. I understand where sterilization comes from, but here's my challenge with it. Using hand sanitizer didn't fix anything. Uh, right. Out competing is what works. Uh, kefir, kombucha, and you know, not washing your hands and getting your feet in some bare soil. Those are the things that make us happier, keep us more healthy and alive. And I feel like the same is with our soil. So now that we've got products like um, Antonio's Modern Microbes and the Rootwise and the EM1 and Grokashi and things that can totally outcompete the pathogenic issues that we may have from making your own soil, at least in the first batch. Dude, there's no reason to start sterilizing anything anymore. We can definitely outcompete. And that's the next level too. When we were using super soils back in the day, everybody was putting triple the nutrients and then cutting it with a lighter layer because that's the only way to get yield. But right. now we find ways to work with microbiology using uh, you know, the bacteria and fungus and all these different you know, solu- solubizers, so to speak, as well as using humic acid and stuff that actually lowers the energy required to get these nutrients we're starting to see yields go up a lot in organics and that's why I think we're seeing a lot more people get on board with the process I mean outdoors for sure there's no way to grow you know 15 20 pound plants unless you're using a lot of soil I just don't see swimming pool hydroponic systems 
that's like an IBM uh, concept uh, where you know you're talking about with soil getting uh, problems in it, and uh, uh, in IBM you acknowledge you're going to have a little bit of problems with stuff, but uh, you know the the, the uh, methods you're using are way better for uh, for the soil and the for the environment. Yeah. And I, okay, for instance, here's another way to look at it. Even not talking about just soil and stuff, um, here in Montrose and all over Colorado, they've been putting in a number of uh, wave features in our rivers. The Colorado Lottery awards money to the county. The county invests in. Uh, there's a surfboard manufacturer, Badfish, and they, I think they're associated with a company that makes some of these waves. And where I live in Montrose, there's six waves in the local uh, river in the Young Compagre. And I've got a little surfboard, and I go down there and surf in the river every day if I could, but usually only a few times a week. Well, all of these pesticides from every grower and all the night, it's all coming down in that water. And so as you start to get involved in your own backyard, you start to ask questions about where all this stuff is going to. And so it's not just about quality control. It's also about where your runoff's going, all the soil you're throwing away, where that goes. And as you start to get more congruent in your life and caring about these things, it affects the decisions you make everywhere well that's the that's the sort of evil side of the whole cannabis industry is like we're always gonna have to worry about our runoff we're always gonna have to worry about pesticides we are the same dudes who sit here and say fuck we'll never work with monsanto right but and here we are destroying the earth ourselves destroying well it's just it, i mean it's the electricity <laughs> electricity overall is probably electricity to start with that's the like, biggest we use more electricity than fucking anybody yeah god himself and I know growers that say they only grow outdoor with the sun, and I'm like, fuck, I got to figure that out. Dude, I, I think just, weed uses more electricity growing, than so the internet. It's so hard for me. Like, if someone told me I had to unplug my lights, dude, it's, I've not no, unplugged. servers are huge, dude. Dude, Years. all right, I'm going to do this. All right, what do you think? I'm going to get Dinesh to do this. Question, but, question. Well, ask, well let's ask uh, Jeremy. What Jeremy, what do you think uses more electricity in the world in a year, cannabis or the internet? Uh, probably all those grows that are uh, what self-controlled through the internet through their like iPad (laughs) there's like the most (laughs) dude the internet doesn't use that much electricity compared to every grower that flips their lights on goes and gets on the internet for the next eight hours (laughs) yeah I guess you don't have one without the other yeah 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 but once the price it's an ecosystem but the internet has got a couple (laughs) ways of looking at the internet you're looking at the usage by the people but you're also looking at the the servers and all that stuff server farms all that I mean any place that has a big internet thing is huge I didn't have to burn the fuel to come drive to you guys because we've got the internet. So yeah. it definitely is a resource saver. Yeah. No. It, well, at the same time, it's a I'm, I'm major looking up. consumer also. <laughs> how, much, how much electricity let me live in my fairy tale. I love does the internet. the internet use? He's got the question. Is the got it in Elector magazine, which looks like an electronics magazine of some sort. It's loading slowly. Because of the internet. Yeah, because the all internet the doesn't want to give us it. <laughs> because of all the power. So there was a Google held a How Green is the Internet Summit. How about that shit? It's about 10% of the total energy consumption of the Earth. Okay, so total 10%. I don't think we're doing more than 10% of the Earth. That's, that's huge. Lot, right? That's massive right there. So It's got, yeah. I mean, we are doing 75% of Boulder. <laughs> I know that for yeah, a fact. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's about right. So certain places. Well, and it's crazy. You learn about electrical companies and, and economics in high school and college, and they talk about oligopoly and the ability to, you know, you can't have a free market with electricity because what are you going to have? 400 people dig a power line to your house and give you competitive pricing. There's only one power line to your house. And so there's not necessarily a monopoly, but there's a lot of weird things. Like you hear Californians complain about their power bills and certain areas where it's just through the roof to grow. And so it's actually pretty cool. Move. The town I live in right now, Longmont, we have the city owns the power grid. That's awesome. You can get you, there is competition. You can get the shitty, you know, sort of yeah, oligopoly stuff. And they have to because it's an yeah. oligopoly. It can't be in a monopoly. Yeah. So there's got to be, I think, a couple of choices there. But but it's when not, but, yeah, when the, yeah. but when the city own it, the voters have input. 
the citizens yep. have some input. And now they just installed fiber. That's the second fastest fiber network in the country. And it's half the price of the fucking Dude, I've Comcast. got fiber right here to my building, and the local politics won't allow them to turn it on. Come to Longmont. So. Let's see you there. It's a growing community. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't know. There's, Anyways, I guess it's not really a soil conversation, but I like talking about all this stuff. It all connects, dude. Okay, so the internet uses 10% of the electricity on Earth. What? That's so much. Uh, I'm going to look up... How much electricity the whole Earth uses? Then yeah, maybe how much has the internet raised our productivity in the last decade? Right, at least ten percent. What about weed? No way. What? I wouldn't have weed without the internet. I mean, I'm sure I would, but man, it would have taken me longer to figure out. I connected to people that got me seeds. No, no, no I mean, no, the power. I mean, how much? How much does the weed? Uh, oh. Growing the weed and all that power consumption. You got to get a, a CMH. <laughs> you know, and I think uh, you're going to see in the next year of complete renaissance well next two years let's say a pretty much big renaissance in the lighting industry just because there are all these things are like all those cmhs and all those lights are, are proving themselves pretty well i mean i'm i'm super happy with but they all have they all have a uh, room for improvement of course yep. and i think also when people start thinking about it a little bit smarter uh is uh you know we're gonna even get because I even said this years ago, I was like, "Man, we're gonna get the Japanese involved and like say we need oh, real efficient because we need the small space and most grow, <laughs> you know." And they're gonna be like, you <laughs> and know "They're designing what? for Japanese." Outdoors becomes the new norm, you know. Well, yeah, and and uh, the well, same. that's the other thing too is politics loosen up. I mean, I feel like yeah, a lot of people are forcing us. I was talking about the electrical companies, and don't you think they have a vested interest in selling us their number one user of electricity? They want to keep us indoors, I would imagine. And if I was an electrical company, I'd be lobbying to keep growers indoors. Yeah, I'm sure at one point, of course, for the money, but I think at the same time, these guys, they're still making money on the greenhouses too. Like, Because if they let people do more greenhouses, they're going to end up having, instead of having 100 lights indoors, you're going to have 10. They'll have thousands, yeah. yeah. You're going to have 10 greenhouses with twenty, you know, 50 lights in each of them, and so you're just tripled yep. it up. So I feel like they... But then we have Monsanto growing everything, so... Yeah, we can, we can keep them out. We can okay, keep them out. so we have the definitive answer to my question. Tell me. We're making some assumptions here. This is just Denver. One point eight five percent of the energy usage in Denver is for pot growing. Okay, I, I said one, so I was thinking one percent myself. Sure, just a little bit. What's bigger the than margin you of error on that? I mean, how in the hell? Well, this is just Denver, so it's not. Too and bad. this is ju- this is only, I think, licensed facilities. Licensed, exactly. So they're still going to be rogue. So let's round it up and call it two percent. Awesome. I think it's probably a little more. Two point five. 2.5. Let me hear 2.5. Let me hear 2.6. So if it's 2.5... 2.6. 2.6. It's been rising. I'm sorry. It that was. was wrong. No, it's been rising at a rate of 1.2% a year. <laughs> uh, so only have like... what was? It? But what is the... Citywide electricity use has been rising at the rate of 1.2% a year, and 45% of that increase comes from marijuana growing facilities. Uh-huh, so... so then we do the calculator. One point two. One point two percent. So forty-five percent of one point two percent for five times point oh one two is that much percent? Half a percent a year is used by weed. So no, no, increase. Increase. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So we're if the, you do, if we're starting you do, it from two thousand ten, or we you still, do the law of seventy-two divided by half a percent. Okay, that's way too much. It'll take forever for weed growing to double the usage of all the energy in Denver. That's that's very clear. But, or so you want to start in when? 2006? Do we know any stats? 
And we got to juke that a little because that that percentage, that half a percent, was twelve point six, and there was no uh, legal exactly. at that so, point. Okay, so two thousand nine is when it starts right. till now, growing eight years point six percent. So you got four percent increase. Oh, we got a. Uh, well, we don't have the baseline, so we don't know how much it's God growing. Goddamn baseline! Here we go. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> I think that's okay. Wait, wait, wait. Eighty six million, one hundred twenty one million in two thousand thirteen. 200 million in 2014. Okay, so we can just play that forward. Yeah. Okay, so we have 200, right? And then we grow that by, uh, what the fuck was that? Half a percent, right? Yeah, about half a percent. 1.005. Well, we said six because we're going to account for, uh, you know, non-licensed grows. Okay. So that's one times 1.006. That's two. And... that's now we're at 2016. So let's play it forward like five years because I want to go to when it's legal nationwide so and then we can extract. 2020. Okay. 2020. Okay. Which is going to be such an awesome year. I can't wait for it. One. Jeremy, are you doing the math along with me? Two. Actually, I'm signing paychecks. Yeah. Way, way more important math. Everybody's waiting on me, but Four. I'm having more fun doing this, so it's not a huge issue. Everybody's. Okay. So it's got, we're at about 209,000 kilowatts thousand or million 200 million 209 million million kilowatts a little different yeah so 209 million kilowatts sorry will be the pot growing of denver in 2020 that's not so much though compared to what it is now compared to the total total so after all these energy efficient lights are growing well we could we could cut it in half total denver power consumption so 209 million kilowatts is what we said right and the total, Denver. So we're good. Okay. Jeremy, that's super loud checks. Dude, I'm sorry. Uh, are you alive? Are you killing him? Are you doing a stone? No, he's chiseling about a stone. Bro, you know QuickBooks can print them. He's on the western slope. So this one is saying 2% of the electricity in Colorado. Right. But it's growing. Okay. It's two percent. That's growing at a rate of one point two percent, and the forty five percent. This of is that. this is what you already read. Or this is how we. we this is a different article. And we that's can do a lot, all yes, that stuff. You, now cool. we can figure this out. Yeah, we, also, yes. we actually came really close. Yeah, we. I think we were pretty close. So it's what point oh one two times point four five of that, right? Okay, so that plus one, boom, times two times two times two. No, that's not how I do it right. Anyway, it's about a 3%. So the answer is, therefore, that weed in 2020 will probably take up about a third as much electricity as the Internet. What is happening? I'm calculating <laughs> whether weed or growing weed or the Internet takes up more electricity. But I could do without the Internet if I could still grow. Well, well I just calculated... The internet takes up about three times as much electricity as growing herb. But that's crazy to me, But the prices man. are inflated for uh, cannabis right now, you know? No, like it's, it's the only I, crop we're growing inside that we're growing incomplete in, in you know, enclosed But here's my, my main point, KTI, and this is what's very interesting. Most of the fucking world uses the internet. Not most of the world grows herb. So the fact that less than 10% of the world, or... 
Really, less than 2 What percent of the population grows herb? Less than 1%. But we're using at least 2% of the electricity. What percentage of the world uses the internet? More than 10% by far. Yeah, but, but they're using 10% of the energy. Who's more useful, weed or internet? Technically, <laughs> the internet. Well, from an economic standpoint. Technically, technically. I think that the internet but, is mimicking uh, the fungal yeah, uh, it's, network. I mean, yeah, exactly. So it's more mushroom related, maybe. Well, yeah, and and it's become. I mean, we're so fucking reliant on it; it's ridiculous to the point where it's kind of like it'd be a good lesson for our whole fucking humanity if we for didn't have it for fucking six months and be like, now but remember. Couldn't you, couldn't you say the same thing about weed nope. in our whole industry? Nope. Nope. <laughs> Imagine if you took weed away from us for six months. Oh what my would happen? god! What would happen? No, you can't do that. What would happen? People Man, lose sleep. No, I, for the first two months, it would be really rough. Like, yeah. the weed industry would... Oh, well, we I think it would level out. Yeah? I think it would level out. Yeah, I think, yeah. Hey, I what's think, that other stuff that... Uh, oh, gosh. I'm, I'm not going to think of the name. It's going to drive me crazy. There's a herb that a lot of people that get into the like mushroom cultivating websites... Salvia? ...oftentimes buy it. Like That's salvia? not salvia. I it's supposedly salvia. addictive, and it's really mellow. I've never tried it before. Oh, Kraton. Kraton. Everybody be just cratoned out, dude. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what happened. We'd all be lame, and I, I don't like <laughs> no when word. I watch people doing crap. Like, what are you doing? Isn't that like pseudo heroin? Basically, it's like yeah. kind of like yeah. it's like Bedouin heroin. Bedouin, Bedouin. You know what still better. Times fake herb would <laughs> go through the roof, man. Yeah, well, that that yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, that's not what would happen. I hope not, dude. I saw a couple of my friends buy that in college. It was pretty funny. Dude, I always looked at that stuff and I was like, "Is it real pot or is it not real pot?" That's the the old high times. Oh my pot. god, that was stuff was ridiculous. It always looked like fuzz balls of with little I mean, red stuff in it or something. You're like, "What is that, dude?" It looks like somebody just went out and got a cat of nine tails or something and broke it up into a bag. And you're like, "This is terrible, <laughs> terrible." But they still sell it. It's crazy. I, okay. Do they really sell that stuff anymore? I think no. they still do, man. Oh, they just use that for the spice. Is what they probably yeah, do. They yeah, probably yeah. have the spice. And they just add spice. spice. Now it actually works because it's got spice on it, and yeah. people are like tweaking out on it and rolling around on the ground and shit. So eating faces off of dogs eating your faces off of dogs. Exactly. That's great stuff. <laughs> Promote that. Super Florida. Super, super Florida? Florida. Yeah, eating the faces off of dogs is super. Oh, Florida. that's super Florida. Yeah, they, that's where they do that. That's where that happens. It's like and near. It's always on a highway too. Near uh, overpass. <laughs> it's like an overpass, and they eat the face off, and they move on. You didn't hear about that? Overpass face off. Overpass face off. I just heard overpass face off. Overpass face off. So uh, what what we got in the future of build a soil? Yeah, What's, do it. Oh, besides, can we get Voorhees here, or did he leave? He's coming back right now, actually. He's going to come. He should get here, because we got like 10 minutes of show left. Yeah, he's, gonna, he's on his way back right now. He's, okay. gonna, he's grabbing a coffee. Uh, one more thing I wanted to point out to people. Yeah. If they're going to build a soil to look at that Ollie Mountain herbicide heavy metal pathogen testing, um, below that, uh, you'll find out the department, Oregon Department of Agriculture. That report is there right below it on the microbial products. And then below that is an article called Soil Mineral Balancing 101. Oh. And it's a article that was kind of copy and pasted. The PDF's on there. But um, it comes from Steve Solomon. And Steve Solomon reached out to me uh, via internet the other day. And he's now down in Australia and just produced a new book down there for the indigenous that he's teaching in uh, minerally balance their soil. And so it's just coming back full circle that in the beginning, I didn't really care about soil testing as long as it worked. But now understanding how to scale anything, the, the, this the soil testing really comes in. And so on this PDF, it's a short read and it says, let's say you got your soil tested today because you're interested. 
it's like reading a different language the first time you look at it. And this basic report will walk you through exactly how to read the report, which ones you should be scared of if they're too high, and then how to fix it. And it's it's super simple. If you've never looked at soil testing, download that PDF and go through it tonight. It's it's really mind expanding. Awesome. Uh, and I do want to, before we let you go, dude, I definitely do want to talk about the microbe testing. Were you surprised with those results? I wasn't surprised. Um, I, the microbial stuff has always been interesting. I guess, like for instance, one of the ones that tested really well was a product that comes with like your cloning mach- machine. It was a Botanicare uh, bacterial product, yep. and it tested way higher than they promised. Mm-hmm. That makes sense to me because they sell tons of cloning machines, and if their bacteria didn't work, you'd get all these clones dying. Anaerobic. And, yeah, so they, they had a vested interest in for sure knowing it work because there's no other variable except for water and that bacteria. And then once the roots come, you add their nutrients, which I, I don't use at all. But it was it was interesting. Now, the other products that you just add to soil and you'd probably never know if it worked or not just came back devoid of life. And right. so it told me when there was an opportunity to make money, it was done. Now, there's a number of reviews that came back kind of mixed in the middle, and I'm just willing to give the tie to the runner and say that if they have a really integrity-based company that produced it, most likely it was the condition it was stored or the yeah. testing or any of that. But still. I talked to Duffy from Microbe Life and he was. I don't hear that my bottle could be empty just because it was stored wrong. Sure. I want to know how it's going to be stored, how it's going to be accurately done. And so that leaves me back to some of the powdered products and some of the liquid and then well, researching how they dormant state those. And well, one of the things so, I was wondering too, though, is, is also like they were really only testing for certain things. And yep. a lot of those products are like chock full of a whole bunch of things and the one that they were looking for might not have been the most uh, well but the thing is is they still promised it so when I called they said the only thing we tested for was if the manufacturer said keep it within a certain temperature or a certain shelf life we did that like we bought it off the shelf and it was within the expiration date and we didn't go put it in the sun as long as they had instructions. Now, a lot of these manufacturers don't have instructions. No expiration date. Sure. Uh, their logos, you know, it may be just a more regional product. And so if if it was on there, you know, it was good for up to one year. They followed that. They got the bottle. They did everything that consumer would do at home. And so either the instructions at which how stuff is to be stored and used at the retail level needs to be changed if that's the problem or the actual product needs to be alive when it goes out and i don't know which is the case but here's what it comes back to we talked about talking to suppliers and maybe how all the soil back in the day that was good at fox farm and everywhere else got contaminated maybe by one soil packer right so when you go to uh, look at making your own microbial product and put your brand name on it you're going to talk to a few overseas labs and uh, I'm thinking they're radiated before they even come into the country and one or two labs is making every single product and maybe lying and selling it to these third parties who then make their own products. So if I was looking for a microbial product, I would want to know if it was made in the USA or which lab was actually making their product and then research that. Not the company. The company is not making it. They don't have a microbiological laboratory. If they do, I want to know that and they're probably the person to talk to. Um, so that's that's kind of the thing that at least we have the first report. It was a good report. I mean, it was. Def- I showed it to uh, Bo over at Chlorophyll, and he was like, yep. "Wow!" Because he knows all these people personally. He knows every almost every single one of those companies, and he knows their ethics, and he knows. He's like, he's like, no, you know, some of them. He's like, mm, not surprised, not surprised, and really, yep. okay, yeah. that's surprising oh. because I would have figured that guy would have been on point. You know, what I mean, because it's it's really like um, you also know, anybody involved in that mycorrhizal product lines they're. Sourcing is only like a couple sources, like two sources. Everybody's yeah. got the same source. And it's, it's more what they did with it from when they got it. Like did they get it and wreck it, <laughs> make it worse, or did they get it and keep it in the right condition? And- well, and as a consumer, how do I wreck it? 
Right? I'm like, yeah. shit, can I buy stuff and now it's my fault it's dead? Right. Right. Was it so alive I, when it was on the shelf? Either way, it doesn't matter. And to I me. had the same issues with enzyme. I had the same problem with enzyme products always because when I buy them, I'm always like, all right, the first time I use them, I feel like they're going to be great. And then I have to, I kind of never buy big packaging because I know that that shit just goes off so quick. You know, it's like the second time you use it, the color's a little different. Third time, it smells a little different. You know what I mean? You're like, this can't be, can't be all good. This is changing. And, it, and it's like that, some of that stuff, I think, I think if they did a same test, the same style test on enzymes as they did on microbes, they would end up going in the same sort of situation where they'd be like, yeah, 80 to 90% of these things are not even anything in there. You know what I mean? We've got a new enzyme product that's going to be coming on the market uh, through one of our preferred vendors. And I, I just won't discuss it until it gets here, but that's something we're looking at. And that's why I haven't talked about it is it's got to be viable. It's yeah. got to work. And the only reason I'm looking at it is people on scale aren't going to be grinding up tons of barley. And then right. there was the scare about E. coli and some other stuff. Wait, so, is, it the, is it the gnarly barley? Because I was going to ask you about the gnarly barley. Uh, no, we've never made the gnarly barley. Unfortunately, Coot and I haven't been talking in the last few months um, for, for whatever reason. He <laughs> is not returning phone calls and I hope everything's going good over there. But uh, I've got to continue doing everything we're doing and I'm still using everything he taught me. He was my mentor for a long time. And everybody's seeing really good results when they're implementing some enzymes and fulvic acid and things that lower the energy required for the soil to get its job done. Right. And so we've got to look at that. And of course, my job now is to talk into people that have stringent schedules and testing and facilities, and they're not just a home grower. And so for me, I've got to be cognizant of the fact that there may be room for a liquid enzyme product on the market that's totally clean and works. And the home grower, I can still tell him to go down the street to the brew shop, buy his house, buy some malted barley, and save some money. Yep. As long as Build a Soil has the ability to teach a do-it-yourself version and have a version that might offer more scalability and value, I'm okay with that. But our roots will always be that do-it-yourself and saving the money. Because that's, again, if the economy... If collapses. you're dependent on one product and the economy collapses, it's like, what am I going to do? I have no more gravity. My buds aren't hard, you know? So, And also, you got to grow food. To be independent. Nice. So, well, uh, after, after two, by the way, update on my uh, virtual assistant. After two uh, motivational sessions with his boss now, he's totally <laughs> off task. I want to get him one of the shock bracelets. I got to ship that out to Mumbai, though. Yeah. That'd They're probably awesome. made there. No, but that'd be so cool yeah, to just like, like nail the Dinesh, guy. what are you doing? Hit that button. Nah, he'd be in the office going, nah, and everyone would be wondering what the fuck's going on. All right. All right, so we're going to have to uh, wrap G- this part yeah, up. Yeah, Jeremy, you can hang on the line with us if you want to hear us talk, chat with Nick a little bit. We're going to start hyping the show. Yeah, uh, that's cool. I'm. Uh, my guys are all leaving right now. Everything's taken care of for the day, and I'd love to hang out with you guys for a few more minutes. Dude, cool. dude I just heard. I just heard that now there's Pull up a line the of people already there, dude, lined up. Really? They're lined up, just for, like you thought. Yeah, you're yeah. Gonna, you're yeah. gonna be giving out pins. <laughs> you will yeah. be giving out pins, Bro. my friend. I will. Phone up. Can up. Can up. Let's talk so we can talk to each other. Yeah, this way it sounds dude, a little more clear. Dude, Voorhees, welcome to Denver. Uh, thank you. Welcome to you're not at so high. Usually we do this at so high, so we can be like, oh, what can we get? But no, that's but not. now it's okay. We're gonna t- we're gonna build into it. Build into so it. So first show, we got launched. Second show, holy crap, man! You really turned out a crowd. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm impressed. I mean, I'm surprised. Uh, I, you know, I'm really thankful for the following of collectors that I do have, and um, they're extremely excited to be here, and I'm extremely excited to have them here and to meet a lot of them too, because I've only met a handful. Sure. Mm. Yeah, Vinny, Vinny just asked me, he's like, what do I do about all the people? And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, they're all lined up. I told him to go eat in Randall's or do something, make it, you know, keep the thing rolling here. Don't just Did you, uh, don't sit in front of the door, but sit to the side. And they said, so basically, yeah, we have a stretch of people already there. It's going to look like a sneaker. It looks like a sneaker drop is what it looks That's like. That's what we're shooting for. Yeah. 
And Bring me up to speed. What are you guys doing tonight? We I got a. We, we're, we're opening. Uh, we're doing a yeah, gallery. Get on, get on the road. You only got so, like five hours to drive here. Silva, you get. You know the concept of what we're doing. So we got the art gallery, the glass yeah. gallery, and we're running it like a real art gallery. And yeah, we're opening that. Nick Voorhees' show, Mr. Voorhees. Mm-hmm. Is your art name? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. It's Both. My Instagram handle. Yeah. You know. And uh, and he's got a big following. So we've literally. Uh, I, I went by there at. I think it was around 7.30 in the morning. I drove past there, dropped my kid off to school, and I was like, there's two guys sitting out in front of my spot. I wonder if they're coming from... Nah, they wouldn't be here for the show that early, right? And then, mm-hmm. sure enough, we saw on Instagram that they were there waiting, so we know uh, so that we got fans out there, which is awesome. They for checked him. in on Facebook. I was like, who's it there? We're not even there right now. Who's checking <laughs> in on Facebook? 7 o'clock in That's the morning. That's awesome. But, but, uh, but in, uh, you know, in so high fashion, uh, we literally just got the go-ahead that we can get in the building now because they were doing inspections today and they couldn't have anything in the building that looked like anybody was there yet. And so we already had a show. We had to do this and clear it all out. And now we're like waiting to put the new show in and we can't do A till we got B. And so we just got the go-ahead. So we're pretty much right after the show going to go straight over there and start just uh, Installing. setting it up. And we're going to have a happy group of people out there who are not going to have to wait longer, hopefully, because that was the whole plan. I was like, oh my God, we're going to have like an hour to do all this. Yeah. But now we have at least three hours. So I think we're going to be able to pull this off like, so masters of we are <laughs> so awesome. i love seeing uh value being created within our industry for actual artistry you know instead it's of amazing too because stuff. in europe and stuff i sold glass for years and it was only to americans so like now that i'm back in the states i can get like this is the these are the people this is actually the only real i mean there's collectors obviously from all over the world right. but as far as the core group they're mostly americans i mean it's it's your basic fan base is i'm gonna yeah, assume I, mean, I, I sold a piece to a guy in colombia Chapo? Was it Chapo? (laughs) (laughs) I, uh, a couple guys, and I forget where, um, I think in England. I don't know exactly. Yeah. No, it was, I mean, there's definitely pockets of people who are glass aficionados or people who appreciate it at least. But as far as like the, the the hot spot where you could do a gallery show is here. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, I was surprised when you told me yesterday, when you told me that, oh, this is actually my first gallery, real gallery show. And I was just like, wow, that's. I had a show at, at like a, you know, at a a glass shop, a glass shop. Yeah, I mean, our our whole point from the beginning was we wanted to showcase one artist at a time, you know, bring them here, because we, we know a lot of people want to come to Denver, or they already like Denver, they, like you, you have friends here already, so for them, it's just an extra, oh, great, I get to see my friends. Denver trip. You know, Denver trip, and... Um, my main thing was to not have confusion when you came in. I don't want yeah. you to like, like, oh, is this the artist? No, that's actually the guy. Oh, that's a different guy. I, no, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Then it's not a show anymore. Then at that point, you're a head shop. You know what I mean? And, and even if it's done classy or whatever, if you have too much going on or too much for sale, you take away from the show. You know what I mean? And so our idea is just clean, simple, nothing but the pieces that are in there. And... You know, uh, on top of that, you're a multifaceted artist, which is awesome because yeah, that's really good. That's what exactly what we were shooting for. Was I really want to bring in uh, graph art? You know, want to bring in like uh, canvases, anything that sculpture. people, any, yeah, exactly. People working on, you know, not just glass. Yeah, I think you know. that's a dream. I've, I've, some of the people that I know that blow glass, they're artistic in other areas, but the only reason they keep with specific types of glass is there's de- a demand for it. Sure, so bring your other art and have people see value in it like that's killer and for me what i love about it is and it's like i mean it's like people, everyone collects the glass and not a lot of people don't even understand or appreciate the guy's art or girl's art you know they're a like a lot of people collect my paintings though it's like I that's have tight people asking me for paintings all the time and uh, you know i end that's up cool. giving them away to friends or like uh 
you know, I save them, save a lot of them. But um, yeah, you were saying yesterday, you just kind of like leave them on the street sometimes too, yeah, so just to see who gets yeah, like that's someone awesome. can grab it. You know, awesome. you know, someone got it. That's, yeah, that's just, to me, oh, painting is just for fun. Our little yeah. our little dog got stolen down there. I tried to go get the photo right after I went down, oh, and it was I, gone already. I, I was like, that. God, yeah. we needed to I get that. that. <laughs> we had the perfect shot done. Yeah, we should have just done it in the moment. Got to do it. Got to oh, do wow. it when you see it. That's the whole thing. Grab the seize the moment is usually the idea. So, um, and you're based out of Santa Barbara right now, right? Yeah, right now I'm in Santa Barbara. I learned to blow glass in Michigan uh, 12 years ago. Blew a little bit of glass in Chicago. Uh, Do you guys know the guys from Made out there? Or yeah, yeah, I know, I know those guys pretty well. They seem like they're a pretty on point shop as far as glass goes, and yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. pretty legit. Yeah, good. Yeah, good, good guys. Um, there's always one good shop. It's always like there's one good shop in every region. You know what I mean? Yeah, and then the rest of them are kind of like trying to do whatever. You know, there's a lot of great shops that support me, and I only sell my functional pipes wholesale um, mm-hmm. to because these shops have been supporting me for so long my whole career that I want to make sure that they keep supporting me it's, and then it you know I weed out like the, the shops I don't want to deal with that I feel do bad business or not you know the right type of business for we me. were just talking about this with the grow lights it's a yeah. new business so I, I don't I only try I try to do business I go out of my way to not screw people over I go out of my way to, to go above and beyond to make sure that like customer services handled um, you know my quality control is I break pieces if they don't if it, I don't let something flawed go out yeah you're not gonna sell it for cheap you're just gonna no, destroy it I'll destroy it or I keep it give it to my dad sure my dad's got a huge collection but not giving it to someone where it's gonna get out well yeah and they're gonna complain oh he gave me a cracked piece or whatever. Right. Dude, I mean, that's how you get a line of people lined up for before your show. I'm so thankful, and I feel blessed. 